Welcome to another episode of The Paragon Path. This is our special episode on the Battle Game Night. We've got three amazing guests here to talk about their opinions of the Battle Game Night, what could potentially happen with it, how to avoid toxicity, and other opinions on it. We also get two special guests from the Award Standardization Committee, Lady Lightning and Sir Magnus, to talk to us about the proposal in its details. So enjoy, stick around. If you've got opinions, put them in the comments. We are recording. All right, welcome to our... We're not numbering this one. This is a special episode of Paragon Path, uh, the Battle Game Night. We have three guests that are going to discuss with us about the potential changes to the game, what this Battle Game Night proposal does, what it means, um, and their opinions and takes. Now, I kind of handpicked these people because they are experienced. They have uh, been through the game for multiple versions. They also have... Uh, they're on that path of the potential Battle Game Night. So they have kind of an inside scoop of what it's going to look like, how the, the working towards Paragon, working towards the potential battle game night is going to feel, and what we need to be aware of to, you know, so that we don't run into toxicity problems in the future. But that'll be one of our last questions, because I always have putting questions about make your park better, don't cause problems. Um, so first off, we're going to have everyone introduce themselves, and uh, we're going to start with Augustus. Hi, I'm Augustus. I typically just go by Gus. Um, I've been in the game for... I started when I was 14, so <laughs> that means 16 or 17 years now I've been in this game. Um, I'm a warlord, a sword knight, and crown knight out of the Iron Mountains. Um, yeah, that's about it. I don't know what else you want to know. No, that's, that's good. Um, we'll go next to, to Lily below Uh, my fancy amp guard friends, I am the Sir Death Lily Megatron Sunshine, uh, Sword Knight of the CK. I've uh, been doing the the wacky bats since like 2012, I think something like that. Almost a decade, or a decade now. I don't know. It's close. It's I can't remember exactly when I started. Uh, stoked to uh, join y'all in this special uh, special vid about. The battle master thing. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> it's going to be an interesting episode. We haven't done an open discussion like this. So, I mean, the closest thing is something that Cad's uh, Teflon and I did at the end of the Druid episode, which was just riff for like an hour on battle games. Yeah. So, uh, that'll be interesting. To mention, Teflon. Yeah, um, I'm Teflon Frosthammer. Um, some of you might recognize me from the WAC podcast. Um, uh, Aragon Druid, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, other than that, just kind of a chill dude. <laughs> All right. So first we have to, as always, if we're asking people to achieve a goal, we need to let them know what that goal is. Whoops, I'm going to check marks along that way. So you guys are unfamiliar with the, uh, Battlemaster, um, Battlemaster and Knight, the Battle Game Knight proposal. Um, uh, I would highly recommend finding it. I'll see if we can quickly link that in the chat for y'all. Um, I saw Lightning was in here earlier. She also should have access to some of these fun things because she's in charge of it. Um, and thank you, Lightning, for doing data-driven information. Like, we need it. It's amazing. And it's really good to have the data so that we can have these discussions and have, you know, background. Um, let me see if I can link this real quick for you guys. 
Otherwise, basically, the idea is a path towards a belt. And it's either a fifth belt. I currently, it is, it is proposed as a fifth belt, not a secondary path on sword. Um, but I know that several kingdoms would like it under sword, and other kingdoms are very adamant that it's a fifth belt. Um, but it's a path to be a knight where excellence in battle games, not just one class, not just one style, uh, excellence in battle games overall will get you to that point. Um, there's a lot of reading involved in the proposal, but so I'm not going to read it out to you because that just takes way too much time for us. Pause the video, read it over. If you're listening to us live, try to catch up. Um, otherwise, our guests have all read the proposal. They're moderately familiar with it, at least. So, we want to know what are your initial opinions on this, this, like, just, just surface-level opinions and thoughts on this idea of a battle game night and the direction of making battle games a path towards night. Uh, let's start with Justin. I love the overall concept. I think this is necessary. I hate the proposal. Um, <laughs> I think it's going about the wrong way. You I can go, and we'll go into more detail. What was that? So, so just give us a little bit of why you dislike it. Um, I don't like the idea of tying Paragon. I don't like the idea of tying specific classes to it um, because there are non-class-based games that I would expect someone who is seeking knighthood for recognition of their skill of battlefield prowess and their ability to do teamwork um, and those games that don't use classes. So why have classes be a requirement? Because then you're pigeonholing it down to only class games. And it also ruins Paragon, I think. As like, it's it's a extra path or it's it's too competitive or the toxicity is that what you're worried about i'm worried about competitiveness and toxicity um new players love paragon it's something they love to strive for uh if now you're suddenly tying it to knighthood now you're suddenly going to have this toxicity because frankly i don't think it's the ultimate goal is to remove toxicity from from knighthood mm -hmm. but it's going to be hard to achieve and now we're just going to be directly in, implanting that toxicity into the paragon path something that new players just utterly love and strive for and want. And now it's, they're going to have to be competitive with these people that want to just go after the belt or the knighthood. Um, and they're going to have different ideas of what it, it means because of that toxicity of pursuing the belt and the competitive that goes with it. Right. I mean, we saw that toxicity, especially when the transition, oh, I don't remember when the transition was, when the change from, uh, the, the kind of open-ended version of Warlord happened to the locking down of you have to do this tournament, this tournament, this tournament, this tournament. Uh, we saw a lot of that toxicity and a lot of that solo play started to be really heavy. Um, I know that was just before my time, but did you guys did you guys remember seeing that kind of initial change that happened? I was too... I was right around the time I started, I believe, and I was mm -hmm. too new to the game to know. I think that puts Jamie just a little bit too young as well. Teflon, did you see it, or were you on your break at that time? I think that was when I was on my break, so I didn't get the initial look at it. Okay. I know from talking with older uh, amp riders and newer amp riders that the, the ditch line is kind of starting to die, and a lot more bear pits and solo fights are being more popular. I'm wondering 
if we'll see almost a reverse of that now that battle games will be real popular because you need them in order to prove that you're good are those going to be the new transition we'll as long as it's not tied to paragon i think so because the current proposal it's tied to paragon which means ditch fields militia games um all those you technically can't get recognized for if it's tied to paragon because there's no classes right that's, I mean, you can get your earlier ones, but you can't get your high level. You can't recognize someone that's just insane on the ditch with this. Mm -hmm. And if they're insane in battle games as well. Right. Um, Jamie, what's your thoughts? Lily, what's your thoughts? So it, it gets missed, and I was trying to, to find it real quick, so I was half paying attention, sorry. <laughs> um, but, but as it stands in our rules of play, it is all of the award standardization is a recommendation. It's It's... It's not as written. The first paragraph there, I'm pretty sure, says that this is just an example of things that can be done to achieve these awards, which tells me that Battlefield Prowess works anyways. So if anyone wants to go ahead and Battlefield Prowess someone to Warlord, they, they could. It's just culturally not accepted right now. Um, we have the freedom to give people awards for essentially anything. And a fun cultural... Uh, example of this when you look at like warlord versus like uh, or a sword knight versus serpent knight is for whatever reason it has turned into to get a serpent knight you must win like dragon master well if they want a dragon master well they can't be a serpent knight if they haven't won dragon master well our rules of play don't even use that as an example of how to get yourself a serpent belt that's just taking over the competitive nature of what warlord or sword knight was and then starting to turn it into like oh, you have to do this thing well it, it doesn't say that um, and even then, again, it's a recommendation as far as that like second or first paragraph says. It, it's in there somewhere. Uh, I'm pretty sure Megiddo wrote that part, and we had talked about it over like a 36-hour drive. How it's like <laughs> people people can kind of give awards for whatever they want if they chose to. But again, the the culture of the game has been to shame those who don't follow a certain way or a certain culture, a certain tradition, and that that's not good. Like that's automatically pretty toxic to begin with. Um, so when it comes to this new kind of proposal for making, I would say, Sword Knight more accessible to the majority or uh, a more mass uh, minority, I suppose. I know it's kind of, it's weird. I don't know the right word to say that. Hmm. Uh, I don't think it's a negative uh, necessarily. I don't see anything wrong with some exclusivity when it comes to certain things. It's part of the drive for being invested and working real hard to, you know, do the best that you can do when it comes to anything that you do you know to help the competition helps push people to try harder and yeah that can lead to a toxic environment and, and whatever but um so anyways I'm, I'm open to the idea i think there's nothing wrong with making things more accessible um but i don't know why we would just go back to making griffins another path to sword knight then like it was already a path to sword knight we should find ways to make it fun to be honorable on the field and to not be a cheaty little butthole <laughs> yeah, we would all like cheap little buttholes to go away. So this discussion came up, uh, fighter practice or something. How do you define getting better at honor? Like, and this, well, this is so, a question for all of you guys. Like, if if not cheating in a tournament is a one, does not cheating in another tournament be a two? Like, does is does it that kind of thing, or do you have to keep expanding? Like other ones. Well, I think it follows it falls kind of into the same idea that quality of character is this like prerequisite for knighthood that's hard to define anyways because you're saying like well is this guy a, a raging d-bag or are they 
kind of a cool cat. And and ultimately, if people go out and play and they are cheery and positive, I mean, yeah, what what's the levels of this? Uh, maybe there's there's it's not easily defined, but like it's not like there was that many people that were getting through on Griffin Knights any or like Griffins specifically. There wasn't that many in the past, and what would it increase the number by like ten percent as the number of like people that maybe have been getting Griffins right now? It wouldn't flood, you know the sword knight belt with a whole bunch of people and it would then give people a chance to to sort out the details i'm not saying it's perfect but the system already existed before i'm sure it's possible to find a way like if people want to be more generous on the field i don't see a problem with it and that can generosity can come anywhere on the field in battle games it can it can come yep, in yep. The tournaments it's literally a universal thing that they could be doing and you know right now i have i i have no real reason to be nice other than that i'm that's good to be nice i guess <laughs> i'd even go as far to define it more with uh tie it into communication too oh yeah um when it comes to fighting like an open line of communication willing to talk things out um and that just boils down to you know clean fighting where if there's something some kind of confusion you just you stop you you kind of talk it out in a polite manner and come to a, a reasonable conclusion that both parties you know accept and agree with hopefully accept and agree with I mean, I think that's a factor that'll reduce toxicity in our game in general. It's just can, teaching our new players, especially, to communicate where they were struck, what happened, why they didn't take it, why they did take it, things like that. Because there's nothing more frustrating than throwing a shot you're pretty sure landed, but them not just take, not making any response to it, not making any indication that it happened, it didn't happen, whatever. It's very frustrating, and I, that, that just keeps building to to the point that people start getting mad so it, i'm hoping well, if they're not communicating then absolutely like yeah. it's yeah. you know I, I don't necessarily even care if somebody tells me that a shot i was fairly cer certain hit that it didn't hit them because at least they communicated me uh, with me right. if they say you know I'm done. or yeah. if it was just like a bad shot for some reason they, they cool stop, whatever. excellent yeah. thank you thank you for telling me i will be better next time mm -hmm. I know or, I know how to adjust this. <laughs> the communication between two people that are fighting when they're actually communicating, you know, wop, uh, hand, okay. <laughs> wop, lock, okay. It's it's yep. really it's really pretty fast unless there's something really that needs to be talked about when it comes to like timing or something. And even then if you're already getting into a timing discussion, you're way ahead of the people that are pretty frustrating who can't have a discussion anyway, so just don't know or don't understand or haven't been working on it because it wasn't um enforced i guess for them as they're not not enforced that's that sounds worse than it is uh, <laughs> not a part of the general culture of the individual's upbringing in amp guard honestly timing is a very learned skill and a very oh, like uh uh taught skill and very specifically right yeah. um you get with people who are fighting constantly and they understand the timing of when a rap stop a rap shot uh doesn't count versus when it does uh mm -hmm. things like that um whether or not you started a shot before you got hit um can be very minuscule so it's hard to say uh for people who are no who are new to to figure out that timing they don't have any idea about it so some of it and is just the, your park in general yeah on the opposite end it's always entertaining to watch two high-end fighters one of them talking <laughs> about why their shot wasn't good and the other one talking about why it was it was True. good, and they're just <laughs> they're having that debate. Is, that, that's is, a fun. That's fun to watch. It is always always painful to yep. be to to have to 
to be fighting with someone and the other individual to have to justify where they shouldn't have to take your shot. Yep. <laughs> like that's and them wanting to. It's 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 such a weird. I mean, it's a good thing I think because it's just it's at least communication. Yeah. And it's the openness of communication, but it's definitely weird. I don't I don't mind it when the person's trying to argue for why they should die versus why they shouldn't die. Because <laughs> one of those things involves them being like generous versus going, well, I, I don't think I should have to take that. And it's like, but it touched your wiener. Like, that seems like a shot <laughs> that you should probably die on. But I, I guess it wasn't hard enough. So, okay, um, you win. I, it, I, I would rather see people, and in, when we get to like the, the more technical stuff, like um, whether they started to pull back, got hit, then threw, then turned or whatever, and they're throwing with a dead arm. Asking the new player or asking, and not even the new player, the person who's maybe just less developed in that particular manner, or just maybe they're just as developed, but they perceive it differently. And saying like, hey, do you think that was in time? I'm putting the ball in their court to tell me that they feel like they were still in time or not. And if they say yes, I've, I've accepted. I've given up my right to say whether that shot was good or not by saying like, hey, do you think you were? Do you think that was good? And if they say That's yeah, I'm like, okay. I know this is completely off topic, but that's that's actually a great approach to taking with new writers. Learn them to think about those options and start thinking about Absolutely. it and opening that communication up about whether or not that something was good or bad. And I think we're so I'd encourage that, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think we're going to start seeing that, especially if we get people, if we hold people to a similar accountability on the battlefield of like you've got to be respectful, you've got to be teaching, you've got to be like we start holding these paragons. Uh, or people on the Paragon path to a similar level, I think we'll get a similar response in the spell casting and the ability use of our game, where I might cast something at someone, and they'll be like, nope, 21 feet, I'm out of your range. And just like, simple communication well, stuff. Anybody pushing for knighthood should be doing that anyways, in my opinion. Yes. Like, since I, be I believe character matters for uh, having the belt, and if you're not already being generous anyways, then you're, I, I just think you're a step behind. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not saying that they have to necessarily it's weird to say that someone needs to have a certain personality to do a specific thing and that's becomes exclusive and i want it to be inclusive mm -hmm. but in generally i think doing the teaching and the positivity uh, positivity thing and, and reinforcing parts of the rules or just being human this isn't a computer game like we're gonna miss uh some verbiage here and there we're gonna stumble a little bit not everybody speaks as clearly or as well as everybody else uh, you know it's it's not wrong to say hey you missed that part that is, there's a teachable moment this is actually what the verbiage is but i'm taking it anyways great job mm -hmm. on the flip side encouragement on the flip side i would expect someone that when pointed out that they flipped you know they mumble mouth or um you know they're out of range just to be like oh okay my bad thank you for letting me know yeah, uh, don't take it or whatever like that's also then putting it again we're giving the, the ball to the person giving them the opportunity mm -hmm. like we can only control what we do and if they decide to be positive too that's fantastic like there's nothing no i'm saying like the, if someone's a knight uh, a knight or a candidate for knighthood like i would expect oh. them yeah. if called out like hey you know you kind of mumbled that a little bit i couldn't clearly understand you to go like, okay cool got it i'll be better next time don't take that mm -hmm. um, yeah agreed like so it goes both ways yeah i, I mean we've got a lot of directions going so, Teflon, what are your takes on this uh, initial proposal? Like, I'm very much for a battle game night. Uh, our rulebook has like 80% of it or something dealing with battle <laughs> games in general, right? So, having that part of it not represented in, in our, our top or upper echelon of, of um, 
uh, awards and things has kind of always been a weird thing to me. Mm -hmm. Um, this one I feel like is so close, but as, uh, as they said to tying it to Paragon is kind of weird because we're just now establishing what Paragon truly means. Like we had class masterhoods before, but they aren't, they weren't held, uh, to any kind of standard or anything like that not saying that if you got a masterhood before you weren't good or anything because some of them legitimately were but some of them maybe were just specifically portraying the class and maybe that's another route to look at it at the same time right but um the way this one builds off is it's being good at battle games and i actually didn't even think about the like militia or ditch rules and things like that so that's something i agree on just on on listening uh to I believe Augustus, right? Mm-hmm. Talking about that. Um we're introducing people here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um uh so that's a really interesting uh section I just didn't even think about at all because I, I hear battle game night and I only think of class games. Um and I don't know if that's a, a reasonable thing or not. I think I would is. say what it's, it's what a third or so of the games at major events are militia based usually or maybe maybe a quarter. It, it depends that's still a sizable portion. Yeah, well, we actually I have somebody. Them. I'm sorry, we we have someone in the the chat actually here that is a stellar example of somebody on the ditch field who does fantastic work there, and it's a dying art right now in Ampgard. I know that for at least the last half decade, the amount of ditching or the longevity of the ditch or the size of the ditch has fallen off. And from as someone who's traveled to, uh. Well, every SKBC I could go to since I started, every keep since I started, all you know, lots of spring wars. The numbers have just gotten smaller and smaller. And in the, my first like five years, it was nuts. You'd have a ditch until three or four in the morning, sometimes at sometimes later, and then we do it all again the next day. Yeah, there's some people who really shined days. at that and were were stellar, yep. stellar examples of of what this is, and it's it's interesting to to not include um all of this hell I've, I've become much less good at ditch fighting and much better at single <laughs> one on fighting and it kind of sucks i i want to be able to fight multiple you know lots of guys all at the same time and just like flying around and doing crazy stuff and 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 you know being that cool hero guy on the field like we see in so many films and it's it's not really rewarded but so yeah anyway so- I'm the newest player in this chat at the moment, but I mean, it, besides people that may be newer, I mean, technically, if I'm looking at this, Vidali is the newest. She's only been in for, what, a year, two years now? But Ditch was introduced to me, I'm five years in the game, as a warm-up game, not as a game you focus on playing or you expect to, like, spend a lot of time playing on practice day, on, on park days. So I'm wondering if that's part of a side effect, is that people started looking at Ditch as something other than a, a, a potential chance to do a teamwork, uh, multi-person fighting, uh, variable weapon fighting, and like different line fundamentals. I'm wondering if that transition has been pushing people away from the ditch line and more into battle games because they've just been introduced to ditch as it's not a real battle game. It's just a warm-up. I don't know. Um, I know the ditch started... At least in my perspective, the ditches started dying off right around the time the latest uh, rule book came out, and that's when really battle games were emphasized. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people really just wanted a battle game because it was new, exciting. The the rules were were better 
for new players. Like you didn't have new players sitting up on the sideline for five minutes because they died. You know, they could get back in it. You know, it was a faster paced battle game versus ditching was great because it's fast paced. If a new player died, they're out, what, 30 seconds to a minute and they're back in. Mm-hmm. Well, now it's the same thing with battlefields and, you know, there's other rules or battle games, I should say. Now that there's other rules, like they can still excel and be useful to their team beyond just if they're not good at fighty wax. True. So, I mean, V8 was, let, let's make that a discussion point. We've gone through the first little bit, but that, that's a really good point is the V8 rule set transitioned a lot of focus away from the militia, from the ditch. Um, uh, not really tournament, those are, those are still really focused, but the, the militia and the, the battle game, uh, the militia and the ditch were kind of pushed off to the sideline a lot in V8 rules because the core magic rule set was so good and efficient for new players to come out and be able to constantly be on the field. They could die, they'd be back in less than a minute. Uh, nobody's spending five minutes of time either stuck in an ice ball or, like, unable to move for something. Like, there's there are some re- stories of, like, stacking spells on top of people from V6. Do y'all remember Petrify Balls? Yeah. Yeah. I have been told that about that. Those bad. Like yeah <laughs> you're now out until you talk there, there was a ton wrong with seven seven yeah and and before yeah. i mean again a game's ever evolving and it'll continue to change and evolve and whatever as it should holy yeah. cow yeah yeah you just remind <laughs> me of all the <laughs> yeah but i would i would counter your argument because even militia games are still fast paced they still shorten the death count yes. or made the rules to get back in to the point where it's friendly to new players. That's what the new rule set did. And the new uh, thinking about how to run games, that new mentality of let's be as friendly to new players as possible by not making them sit on the sideline, like making them be able to participate. And if they die because they're new, they're still being effective and they'll get back in. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, as a, a veteran, I love new players because I can just sit back and tell them, you go do this, you go do this. I'm going to sit right here. <laughs> You've got all the energy. You make that like 18 year old who's real hyped do the sprinting. Yeah. Yeah. You go get that flag. And then if they, if they press you, I'll come help you. I'll kill them all, but you go run. (laughs) I think that's a good way to look at a lot of training and new player aspect is the vets have been here for a while. We understand the game, the fundamentals, things like that, but giving, and Jamie, you mentioned it in a couple other episodes, letting the new kid be the hero and like helping them achieve that goal is super cool and helps them want to come back. I mean, especially from from my perspective, that feels I play support, so that always just shades that. I always want to help someone else do better. So like, I don't want to be the all star, but making other people, especially new players, be all stars is fantastic. Um, yeah, I love it. Okay, so we've kind of defined the we, we've got the battle game night proposal in the chat um what it is what it does we've defined it and we've kind of given our surface level thoughts so we've mentioned it before because it's tied or leaning on paragon very heavily this is going to fundamentally change how kingdoms look at paragon because up until this point we've I would say it's even though we gave better standards in V8, they've still been fairly loose relative to like uh, Warlord or Master of Rose, uh, 
uh, rows, smiths, owls, anything else like that, those are all more defined and have a more direct path where Paragon has been kind of its own floating goal without a stepping stone to it. Now, Iron Mountains did, um, and I sold this from Iron Mountains and brought it to Polaris, uh, the Order of the Tactician, which kind of gives you a stair step to it, but it's not the it's not like you take Tactician and you go straight to Paragon. It's more of a guiding line that gets you to that point. Can I interject? Yeah, yeah. I absolutely love the Tactician. I think that's the way to go to get to a battlefield night, but because it's loosely defined and it's generalized around you know being a good teammate being good at helping um others coming up with tactics uh overall battlefield prowess it's not tied to specific classes mm -hmm. i would expect like a battlefield knight to be it didn't matter what he played if he never even swung his sword never used a single ability of his was able to dominate the field just by telling people what to do great that person may be a paragon but they didn't use any of their classes they just told people what to do and had great tactics and, and, and intuition and helped others be the hero that's why I love the tactician as the idea for the, getting there. Instead of the sorry for the interruption. What is this called? Instead it's of Paragon, Grail. Um, yeah, the it's called the Grail. Because so it's got battlefield prowess on it, but I think the thing that I really liked from the tactician and one of the main reasons I stole it was it heavily uh, pushes teamwork and moving past just one person being an influence, like. I mean, if we put 30 people on the field and only two of them are warlords, those warlords are probably going to start running through those 30 people. They're going to have a bigger impact on the field just because of game experience. Well, but being competitive is really important, man. Like, yes. and and it's it's such a it's such a trip because I had to make adjustments to my own play style based on the people around me, and I had to ask them whether or not we're trying to win. Yes. Do we care about winning today and are we being competitive? And there's plenty of times where people are not interested in showing up to do that. And in a team-related game, that's that's really challenging mm -hmm. <laughs> to, to say, like, no, well, that's cool that you want us to go do this, but we just want to go and roll around in the dirt over there or whatever it is that they want to do. We want to go role play our, or do our quest. And, and don't get me wrong, I've done plenty of questing in battle games that have no quests. It's... You know, thank you, Megiddo. We've had so much fun. <laughs> um, we went to a Castle Mania where we took no weapons. We were shield maidens for Shadow. And he had a pole, and we just insulted people and died for him a lot. I mean, along that same line, one of my my favorite games I've ever played, I think actually you were the one running it, Jay. It's where we had the cooler full of weights, oh, and we had to push one. it across. I literally, I just told my team, I'm going to pick this up. Just stay around me. I'm going to bring it across the line, and I'm going to sit on it and just tell you all what to do. I was a paladin with a shield, no armor. I think I might have had an, an enchantment. You and I just sat there an entire... I sat... Oh, yeah, I pro myself. I sat there the entire game just telling my team who to kill and what to do. And I had a blast. Never used a single ability besides pro mag on myself. And it was fun. And my team won, and they had a lot of fun because it was like... I could just point out, like, oh, that archer's going to be a problem. Go kill him. Um, I think that archer was actually Ice, who's in the chat. <laughs> I believe this See, is the same man that I sniped me while sitting down from like 30 feet through a window. So That's awesome. <laughs> that site was so cool. It was. Unfortunately, yep. the army bought it and now we're... Yep. I mean, just 
letting the just sitting there and just letting the kids and the new players just have fun. Wow, it feels weird to say kids. Holy cow, I'm old. You're not that. I mean, everyone is a kid to the old man yep. who is Michael. So we're all kids yep. still. We're all good. Yeah, a lot of M- Mikey Beltline in this chat. Well, yes, they're sir. very easy for me to reach. Don't pick on my ability to reach people in Mikey's Beltline. <laughs> well, it's it's the damn orphanage. There's so many people. There's a lot of them. There are 70-something. I, I lost count. Gross. Um, Anyhow. So this brings up an interesting thought of mine. If we have those scenarios where people do want to do the role play, and Teflon, you've definitely been a pioneer of making your own style for a class, which I think is super important in Paragonhood as well, and making, uh, play, you played monsters by playing other classes, which was yeah a great idea. Um, you want to tell everyone about your new idea, the, the goblin paladin? <laughs> oh, yeah, I, so it's pretty basic in a way. I haven't, like, super developed or anything, but, like, the idea is to, because um, the whole debate of, like, opening the class of paladin and anti-paladin up, right? But, like I, I personally want to, but because people have value in in words, right? But I also want to show people that you don't need those those words specifically, right? So what I'd like to do is like put some um, foam pauldrons together, like a cape, and like maybe a quote unquote holy symbol of something, and then um, be a goblin who is a legitimate paladin quote-unquote for something right i don't remember i haven't gotten like all the details ironed out right but the idea is to to bring the the dnd definition of paladin right into the field via either honestly the easiest one is druid but it could probably be done with healer as well um the sad part of it is is typically when you're doing these monsters uh, based out of classes, all of the magic classes are the way to go because they have the most access to uh, verbal abilities and things like that. Um, so it kind of pigeonholes you still a little bit, not as bad. But we want this kind of ability to do that in our game. We want these people that that want to heavily roleplay or have their own style and and be able to do this. This I'm bouncing my table. Um, do this this role play, this uh, unique, this, this, their own thing within the class, we want them to still have a space for it. So is it worth kind of breaking down battle game sizes or battle game styles that are viable for getting higher level awards? Like, are we going to say park days, you can only get up to X or uh, is it worth talking about that that idea that like battle game park days you can only get up to x kingdom you can start getting up to y and then the big finale is c you got to go to some inner kingdom event or some real big whatever like breaking it down like tournaments and that's generally the same format for everything else that we do so i don't see why it wouldn't follow the same yeah this yeah but i don't think we need to i was gonna say i don't think we need to like define it that way i think the culture of that is fine yeah, this current proposal proposal already kind of does that, uh, or at least for Winter's Edge. Paragon is considered a kingdom-level award here, and I think that's something that m- isn't completely defined as a kingdom-level award as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of part of the yeah. issue with this particular proposal that that's here. Um, yeah, because I think in the Iron Mountains, I may be wrong on this. I haven't looked at the report in two-plus years. But I think in the Iron Mountains, uh, duchies and possibly even baronies can hand out Paragon. 
Uh, I don't know about Baronies, but I definitely think Dutchies can. I know your Dutchies can. I recently read the Iron Mountains. Is okay. I'm a psychopath and read Kapoor's for fun. Um, Yikes. <laughs> Fix the I mean, CK. I didn't yeah. write that thing. I should have known, but I should know, but I can't remember. The There's, CK could use a rework. You're bored. Make it happen. I don't have the ability <laughs> to rewrite Kapoor's, but I will read Sure you do. Literally anyone can rewrite anything that they want to do. That's the beauty of AmpGuard. We can do anything outside of being unsafe. Like, the creativity on the field is really up to your imagination. If you want to fight with your swords upside down and pretend you're a praying mantis, you're absolutely welcome to. If you want to try to do a backflip, well, if it's safe, you can do it. Uh, you want to dress a certain way? I run around in anime garb all the time. Like, there's, 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 there's really no limitation yep. other than your own imagination. This may be like the the thing whenever in like 2007 when the true standardization of awards happened. Um, that is part of the problem, right? Because we, we have quote-unquote standardized everything or tried to, um, people are wanting to have more quantifiable things than uh, subjective awards, which there is a point to that and is understandable because if it's all subjective, then you don't really have a standard or people's friends just night people's friends or something like that um but by doing do that, that anyways i mean true <laughs> um but by doing that it makes it really hard for something i feel like like this belt where it's battlefield prowess and this particular proposal for the most part until the end to do something because it's super subjective to some degree um because like like you said you were a, a menace on the field by not using your abilities but to someone on the other side of the field, on the other team, maybe they have no clue that you're giving the orders to the other, uh, to your team, right? So they don't see you as doing anything at all, just sitting there. But that also means they don't have someone looking that's in a similar position on the other side. Cause yeah. I mean, from my experience, if I see someone giving orders, that's the first person got to die. Oh yeah. hundred person got to go. <laughs> so, also like any other awards, yeah. like any other awards guys, we got to recommend people for these awards and it, if you see absolutely. something yep. say something like yeah. silence is violence Dan. yeah get out there and give people but, awards. i mean it's what it really comes down to if if i was sitting there and i saw uh gus as you prefer now um yeah. i'm just proud of myself i was gonna say augustus yeah. so. um, it's just easier if, to say yeah if, if i were on your team and i saw you doing that and this was something that we can award just like anything else and this is where i think culturally this would just start to become natural we would just start recommending people for these awards because it's now something that we look for right now we don't look for it so we never see it we start looking for it because you can get something uh -huh, my shiny prize it becomes something that people will start seeing it just takes a little bit of time just yep. getting used to it. and then i wanted to comment on what one of the things teflon said um i thought in the rule book the only thing that's really truly defined as to like the standard is warlord isn't it with like uh the service pass i guess crown might now be i haven't looked at it in a bit to me it's um, all about really that defined, paragraph, man. Really, it just says it's, I mean, it's all yeah. a suggestion everything's a suggestion that's defined yep but the first thing says these are suggestions so like it's all a suggestion do whatever you want but i mean i don't i can't think of a single case where someone broke outside of the suggestions i tried to get them to do it for me I tried really, really hard. I was like, I'm like, because Fog was the king and we're, we're buddies and whatever. And, uh huh, buddies giving awards to buddies. Ooh. I'm like, hey, man, I'm happy to be the example. Let's, let's just do it. I was at like eight. And I'm like, why not? 
Well, I guess it's Battlefield Prowess. If I'm there, I'm there. Let's let's do it. I still continue to play or whatever. And I think I technically used like my defender on my tenth, and then one more tournaments after. Anyways, it just didn't matter. But I, I was down. I was absolutely down. Like let's just. I mean, I'm. Do it. But, I'm down, but I'm also I. If someone has eight, I mean, personally, I think that should be the qualifier, not the masterhood. But that's a different conversation for a different time. That is a that is an entirely <laughs> different conversation with a lot of depth to it that we'll I'll have to dive into later. Um, so, yeah. Um, okay, so I've gotten some some notes from um, some of the members of the the uh, awards standardization committee, which has been doing the the night, uh, the battle night, and uh, technically Paragon is just a recommendation, technically, um, and. The tactician style is, is is absolutely included in this proposal, the wording I have. So I'm, I'm wondering if it's from different versions. Because the tactician style... I was going to say, because what I'm reading right here says, order seven, one standard class paragraph and level six in that class earned. Is that the... It doesn't say recommend... It, that's literally what this thing says. I mean, I may have a different version, but sure there's no rec. I mean, I overall, I it's a recommendation. Overall, it's a recommendation because of that first line. Second but in this proposal, it it's not a recommendation. It says you need this. So. Oh, okay. So from the data we have, um, a lot. It looks like a lot more kingdoms like the suggested. Kind of makes sense. It gives you some freedom to, you know, play around with what you feel is close enough. Yes. Okay. I just got shared the final version. Let me. Oh, did I find the the prior to? That's possible. Potentially, I'm not sure. There's a lot of these versions going around. We want to make sure we're on the we're we're on the yeah. up and up. So. Uh... Ah, lightning commented. Okay, affecting kingdom or duchy level class battle gaming. Example includes effective use of individual team abilities to team slash no, individual slash team abilities to be a key component in victory of a major obstacle during defeat in a kingdom duchy battle game leading a large unit of multiple small units successful win in a kingdom or duchy battle game victory in a kingdom or duchy class battle game tournament okay um a seventh order is granted for showing individual or team strategy that has game-changing effect in the kingdom or duchy level battle okay so we obviously had an old version uh Okay. Isn't that great to use old information? So, <laughs> well, this is good. Hold on a second. This is a really good uh, teaching slash learning moment. We just had a discussion about what we wanted to see, and then, uh, you know, Lightning was like, hey, we made those corrections. And <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Lightning. Yay. You're amazing. Yes. <laughs> um, I don't even think amazing. I saw this one. Yeah. Does it actually include the word? Does it include Paragon and all, or just those descriptions? Battle game night. So it is not Order of the Grail, it is Order of the Battle. Um, Can I say Order of the Battle? Because if it says Order of the Battle, I hate it. I'm sorry. Order of <laughs> I hate it already. Order of Battle. Of the Battle. Order it. of Battle. Uh, uh, dyslexia kicking in. Don't pick on me. Um, no, I'm, I'm, okay. just, I'm just. Paragon has no, been removed no. from it. It is a recommendation. It says. Um, uh, a Tenth Order. So. Sorry, it is a recommendation and slash kind of tagged in. 
8, 9, and 10 have a lot of text about what you could and can't, like what you can and can't do, benefits, a lot of those things. And then the last one is and or earning a Paragon. So, um, so simple answer, earn a Paragon. Kind of. Yeah, that's basically what it's, all those other things are, are it's going to get disregarded. It's going to get turned yeah. in, earn a Paragon. That's what it's culturally going to be. For sure. Yeah, unfortunately. I can see that easily. It's, which means it's still tied to Paragon. It's still and I hate it. Paragon. Yeah. And I hate it. <laughs> Hey, I'm down. I I got that. Let's 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 hook me up. I'm I'm ready. <laughs> well, so this is an interesting thing too, right? Like with Paragons mentioned, Winter's Edge hasn't ever given a second Paragon to anyone. Um, it's kind of seen not as a knighthood kind of thing, but it's kind of seen as you've made Paragon. You just have to be a Paragon of a class, and so which class is kind of irrelevant in the sense of you've made Paragon already. Um, interesting, but. That's more of our culture of looking at it, and I think kind of our circle of paragons to a certain degree um, as well. So that's kind of a weird, interesting thing that's that's a problem as well. Now, you know, I've made the thing of uh, made the argument of like, why are we doing this in some ways? Because it's all tied to directly to the class, so not really the title of paragon. It's a class paragon uh, mm-hmm. as the distinction. So that I don't know if anyone else does that, and I think it's just probably a weird Winter's Edge thing. I, mean, I think it's just a weird Winter's Edge thing. I kind of like the idea, though, of like, because I've had this discussion with uh, um, Hodge and Katz about getting your second paragons because they suck. You almost have to outclass yourself from your first one at least in Polaris, to get the second one. So, like... The old standard just keeps going up and up and up and up and up, just like any That is also true. We need to get back down, because as someone that took that path and was like, hey, I'm going to do it in two years, um, don't do that. That's a lot of driving and stress and money. (laughs) And it's if you tie it to to a knighthood, it's only going to get worse and more competitive and probably even toxic. The, yeah, the other um, big... Uh, and it's going to ruin it for new players. I guarantee it. Yeah, the big negative that that I think we keep dancing around um, is something that we kind of... Winter's Edge saw a little bit of with Paragon being a more prestigious award is that uh, people don't are going to take the battle games much more serious and they become less fun just in general because you Phoenix have people League. doing things. Yeah, oh, something like Phoenix League. Um and for Phoenix League, that's a great invention. Please continue to write battle games for all of us. But like, there's a lot of competitiveness. <laughs> yeah, and so people are worried that the fun for the game is going to leave inside a battle game. And I can see that argument for sure. But there's also the culture of driving it as well. So if the people are trying that hard and making it unfun for other people, then they shouldn't have the belt. And awarding it to those who are still making the game fun for others. Uh, instead of that, maybe an answer. It's a cultural answer and not a like on paper answer, though. I don't know that the I like it very other... much. It's like saying we're not allowed to be competitive. We can't take this seriously. We can't push hard to, that, to better that ourselves. That is or be a problem as well, of, right? Of play, you know, like that's that's kind of a bummer. I will say uh, that I really like that I've found battle games to be as serious or as silly as you want them to be, though. I really yep. like yep. that about this. Like, if I want to bring a bunch of things and go to war at my next kingdom event. Like I, I have the ability to do that and it's totally cool. And it's like, okay, cool. We brought a bunch of armor and weapons and there was an event. I brought 300 throwies. Like it's just, it's a lot of fun. 
but it's uh, I have to do this now every single time to every event, and then if it's like, oh, I'm crucified because I took it serious, and and that's like, where do we? Yeah, I mean that's it's a hard. It's that's a hard the problem, right? Walk, um, a little bit on topic, off topic of that, but on topic of what we were ta- just talking about with Teflon. Um, one thing I would actually like to see data behind is how soon uh, new players earn a paragon. Ooh, um, that data would be cool. because, that's be interesting because yeah. it's it's probably the first major award a new player can earn. If you think about it, if, if it's a very prestigious award, it's something that new players love and strive for. They could probably earn it before they earn any kind of masterhood, uh, knighthood, anything like that, high end uh, titles. So that also would be really some really good data. Nudge, nudge. Uh, lightning. I don't. I think you're like probably the only one I know that could do this. Well, um, but I would love so to that, see that data because because that, that would have a one. negative impact. I don't know how to pull that up. I'm I'm smart, but I'm dumb when it comes to stuff like that. <laughs> um, why don't we have anything that has to do with our titles? Like, why doesn't that matter? What do you mean? Like, we have all we have all these titles, like you know, being a baron, a lord, a baron, oh, a baron, oh, never winner, etc. Why why are those pointless and lead, don't lead to knighthood? Prior like, to the I, crown point ladder, uh, or the prior to the crown ladder, rather, when it was just crown points, Neverwinter actually used the uh, titles to confirm a point uh, for it, basically. So, um, uh, as far as I, I understand it anyway, because this is kind of secondhand knowledge, so I don't have it directly. Um, but, like, also, if you... That's I was going to say, it's also awesome to be like, well, I'm Grand Duke, sir. Augustus. Yes, right. <laughs> like, like, it's fun to just stack titles, but I'm like, okay, that's cool. That's your make believe fancy pants title. Yep. That, that doesn't mean anything. Good, good job, yeah. guy. You, you did it. It's it's for the crown. You can wear a specific kind of crown. But nobody does. Like it, it culturally yeah. right now, it just doesn't it, mean anything. It's a super we big. We need more crowns. Well, I just don't know why that isn't in discussion yeah. at all in the game about that these titles don't lead to their own they, kind of knighthood or some well, fancy pants thing. Or why aren't they more meaningful? Like that's yeah, just interesting to me. The meaningfulness of it is becomes a problem, right? The white belt is the shining uh, thing on the end of the stick, right? For the most part, for everyone, almost. Um, some people look at Paragon as a thing too, because they look and see the belts and be like, I don't have any chance to get this, but I have a chance to get Paragon. Um, thinking about what Gus said, um, I don't actually think I. Th- there's only one person that I would classify as a quote-unquote new person who got a Paragon in um, Winter's Edge that I can think of off the top of my head anyway. Um, so I'm really interested to see that too. But again, this is where Paragon's not defined super well, which has its pros and cons, uh, but it's going to result in different kingdoms having different standards for it currently, and which is why I don't like... Uh, paragon tied to the the proposal but i don't mind it as much with the final proposal because all the other avenues to take it but you're not wrong it will be the one that everyone looks for yeah it, 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 they won't care about that they'll care about paragon yeah it's the simplest it's easiest to track that's what they'll look for are we all in agreement or disagreement on whether it should be its own belt, or is that still like in contention, or that it should be another path to sword belt? I, I can't remember where we stand or so where the cover that path sword. Okay, is that is that one of the questions? That I guess that's one of the questions. Much. We can we can. I mean, we've we've covered the paragon aspect of it fairly well, and we will of course 
once we open this up, we will we're gonna bounce around real real yeah. fast around and other things. But um, that was spooky. Well, yeah, let's talk about the effect of of the game of, of this belt, regardless if it's under sword or not, and whether we think it should be under sword. Um, because I believe the data shows that we don't that the most people don't want it under sword. I really want to know why. Because in my opinion, it should be. Same. Um, I can give you a quick one. I'll give you my quick opinion. It's most quick, I swear. Um, so, so I agree with I don't want it to be under sword specifically. I like and I've always liked the idea of adding more content and creating new things that are fun and achievable, like an expansion to our rules, like in any MMO where they would get new classes and new stuff. I would love to see that we were being creative and adding more than just going, well, we'll just tack this on to this other already existing thing. I So it would be fun to have a new belt. I also think it would be fun instead of opening up Paladin and Anti-Paladin to just add two new classes to the game in general. Okay, so you have some exclusive classes. Sure, great, whatever. That's kind of fun because it's something to strive for at the, the deep end of playing this game for a decade or something. But then going, well, we've hit 8.5 for a rule set. Now here's two new classes, the whatever and whatever. And here's the battle knight. And the, here's our DLC. It's paid though, so that's excellent. Paid DLC. You get costumes though, I suppose, if you pay. But anyways, <laughs> I think that would be super cool. And and I've that's where I come from for this as I like adding, not just... You know, creating new content, not just dumping onto our existing content. Although I would, if we were going to do that in, let's say, an 8.5, two new classes, a new belt, and I would add probably some other path to Sword Knight, whether it be Griffin that existed before or some new defined thing when it comes to just saying, hey, Battlefield Prowess is enough. Like, you can just battle, throw prowess to the top if you want. And yeah, maybe somebody gets hooked up. But like, come on, everyone's going to know that guy got hooked up. Culturally, it's just not going to yeah. really happen. It'll be the guys that are close anyways, that are at like eight or nine. And they're real good, but they couldn't necessarily beat the guy that's the best in their kingdom. But I don't think that should be a requirement anyways. I don't think that's fair either. Not just once. Four times. They have to beat that, bat, that guy. Exactly. Like or they don't have to show up four times. Well, that's true. <laughs> well, but so some, kingdoms, but some yeah. kingdoms don't count that. We're just right. kingdoms some don't people here because they have agreed to go live with us. This is an exciting episode. I love this. All right. So Hi, Matt. Lightning is joining us. Um, and Magnus is also going to join us. There are two people on the uh, uh, award standardization committee, so they can give us more insight about the proposal and what the proposal does that we may not catch on from like our initial reads. So this is going to be awesome. All right. So, uh, cause I know you guys have been in the chat listening. We, talking about the discussion of a new belt versus under sword knight and i believe the data was a new belt um i don't remember which slide that's on though did you guys uh fill us in on that information um yeah i can quickly talk about it i don't have the presentation open right now so i don't know which slide you but I did ask the question whether players would like this to be its own belt path, or whether they would like it to fall under Sword Knight. The majority answer that we found is that many players wanted it to be a fifth path not tied into Sword Knight. Since we were going with kind of a consensus-based proposal, that is why we voted that way. Yes, we, we definitely want the data behind it, and even though we all have big opinions, we can yell and scream all we want, populace gets to stay. Was there a follow-up question on why? 
Yeah, slide is 13. Sorry about that. Slide 13. Okay, cool. Follow along, guys. Um, was there a follow-up question on why people would want it as a fifth belt versus a sword belt? But I don't believe there was specifically a follow-up question on why, but we did have comment boxes. Okay. You also this quite a bit. I think my impression was many people saw Shield Knight as being um, not a good fit for battle game play, and they felt that different ways of engaging with amp code and were not similar enough to fall under the same path. Magnus, you should jump in yeah. here. Yeah, no, I know absolutely. you spent a while looking at this too. Uh, so, yes, the big in the comments area, the large thing that seemed to be the the deciding factor between going under a fifth belt or going under Sword Knight was that people felt that battle gaming is class prowess and Sword Knight is martial prowess, and there should be a distinction in between the two. Uh, that was from the data that we acquired. Either way you look at it, it is a, like it, it is a relatively close margin as well. Um, okay. It's forty six percent versus well forty six point seven percent versus a forty point seven percent, and then there's that twelve percent with no opinion. Um, so it is a it is a closer margin. Uh, but since uh, fifth belt did have the the majority, we did go with the fifth belt path for this proposal. So that's it. That's an interesting opinion. Separating separating the tournament style martial ability versus the battle game and tactical yes. side as a different entity. That almost feels like a rose crown split because like. Brown is just service with a different name. <laughs> so, uh, the best suggestion I I can say about this is that you know this the meeting for this is coming up July thirty first, and we tried to get kingdoms as involved as they possibly could. But if you feel that your kingdom might be more leaning toward one of the paths, make sure that your voice gets heard. Make sure you go out there and speak to the monarchs, because rules many of our rules throughout the history of Ampguard, the the original writing usually isn't the first thing that makes it into a rule book regardless no. there's a, addendums and amendments that go through people have had like four hour discussions to change certain parts and verbiage of the rules to make it fit to what the kingdoms as a whole see as fitting in well with this okay so that would be the best advice i'd really have for that so you heard go talk to your rep um, Andrew Monarch. Andrew Monarch. So absolutely. Yeah, if you have a senator, go talk to your senator. If you have a monarch, I hope you have a monarch. Go talk to your monarch. Um, if you're a freehold, I don't know. Talk to AI, I guess. Some somebody's opinion. Um, okay. Closest so, kingdom to you? Yep. Which is a, that's a different topic. I have a point on, but <laughs> um, <laughs> uh. Okay, so with the proposal stating that's a fifth belt, because the majority of the populace wants it to be a fifth belt, how will this affect the way we look at sword as well? Is this going to change? If, if it's a completely separate belt, is this going to change the way sword is viewed? 
you guys think? I don't no. think so. I don't I don't see why it would. It's okay. two sides okay. of a similar coin. Like a sword knight may if they dive deep and I would say that um, the stereotype is that the sword knights and warlords don't tend to care very much about the battle games. There's I know plenty of these guys who don't know the rules to V8 or haven't bothered to read the V8 rule book, which is uh, hilarious. Um, but generally, it's not like they haven't earned enough martial prowess to then go be very good in these games if they take the time to sit down and learn the classes. I'd like to think that at a certain point I went, hmm, people don't care about the same thing I care about anymore when it comes to fighting, uh, like ditching and sparring and stuff. Mm. So I better just dive into the battle games if I want to have fun at Ampguard. And that's become something that I really enjoy. And well, I, I think it'll show that those guys will still do well there. And vice versa, probably, the people that end up getting really good at class games have the same opportunities to become very good at the martial prowess. Because if they really shine on the battlefield, they're probably still, you know, killing people. Unless they only ever play casters that never use a sword, in which case that's a different problem. But I mean, they, by these rules, they could still qualify for it. it they could still qualify well yeah. for sword knight or for the other knight no for the other knight that's fine right. and not every sword knight and warlord is equal yep so yeah i, I just don't think it'll hurt it very much personally i guess it's my long-winded answer probably not like, if we separate it with a fifth belt there will definitely be a harder division between the two identities of sword knight and battle knight and um potentially stop some of the toxicity from bleeding over because i think pretty unanimously serpent and sword are the two most toxic belt lines like they're, they're belt paths they're hyper competitive they're very individually based beating other people in some fashion um serpent ended up that way and it's not at all written that way no. there's no reason for serpent depends- to be like that I think it depends on where you're at, because uh, I think it, there's only, at the least from my, yeah, I think from, I mean, anecdotally, uh, I think there's only a few kingdoms that are that way, that are that competitive with A&S, um, to the point of being toxic. Um, but for overall, I don't think it's that bad. I could be completely wrong. I've never been, I haven't been in multiple different kingdoms, just from, just purely based off what I've experienced and heard. Mm-hmm. Um but to get back to the question at hand, I would much prefer it under sword because I want to, I want another path to sword. Um, and I like the idea of, I like the idea of just a general blanket, uh, blanket battlefield prowess or tactician not tied to classes as the alternative pathway because that does involve some martial prowess. That does involve understanding how the, the combat goes in our game, et cetera. But if people want it to be a fifth belt, people have spoken. So... That kind of brings up an interesting point. If, and and this kind of falls under the weird little area of like double awards, the way the order of battle is written and the way uh, the first five orders of the warrior are written is you can get both of them through battlefield prowess just straight up being a badass on the field. Yep. If the... And that's... Yeah. I was gonna say that's why I like the tactician approach more, and that pushed and spoken out for that I mean, because it's, it's it's kind of built in, but it's looser. I, yep. I would like to to make a comment very quick on the first five orders. It is specifically for showing skills within class battle gaming, 
as well. So you could have a militia game and get battlefield prowess and still have that go toward warrior where it would not qualify for this route as well. But and but should to go it? on with a but should it? it that that is completely dependent on <laughs> on what you'd see if it's martial prowess versus if, class prowess. But if, what if there's a martial battlefield going on, you're not showing class prowess. You're not yeah, showing class battle gaming prowess. prowess. This is this is what I'm getting at. This is what I think I don't think it should be tied to class battle games. I think it should just be battle games in general. Yes, this that is a class have... battle gaming yeah. knighthood, though. This is actually yeah. what we were told to create was a class battle gaming knighthood. So, so that's what the focus is. That's why you're going to see class battle gaming on this. I mean, um, Gus, I... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, uh, no. And uh, looking into the orders uh, 1 through 10, uh, leadership uh, for leading units actually comes in at the third order. Uh, that is when you see leading a small unit effectively during a battle game or class battlefield prowess. And that's recommended at a Shire level or higher. So even at Shire level, you can already be an effective leader in class battle gaming and being that tactician-style person that you're talking about, Gus. And you can get awarded for that starting at your third. I mean, if you're already showing that and you don't have any... There's no reason why a monarch, the monarch of that area cannot award you a first or a second for showing that leadership capability. So leadership is actually baked into this award, starting from the very roots of it. That's good. All right, Jamie, you had your hand up first because oh, this is now so, the Okay, now let's, let's, let's pretend that I'm not a nice guy. And like let's, let's say that a, a person is like, hey... I need you to go and fight that guy. And I go, why the fuck should I listen to you? <laughs> my, my point that I want to get at is that there's no reason a single soul, when we're at this volunteer thing that I do on the weekends and sometimes not on the weekends and sometimes every day of my life, <laughs> that I need to listen to some random person that is a stranger that I don't know, that I don't care about, and their fun is not my responsibility and... Who cares? And what if a mass majority of people now that all want this new belt decide that they all want to tell everybody what to do and nobody does anything that anyone wants oh. and that you should listen to me and now it's a shouting contest because, no, that guy's an idiot. I'm really smart. I know everything about whatever because I read some book about the 12th century times and, and it says that pikes are the best weapon and we should hit each other with polearms or, or whatever the case may be. It's a weird example, but my, my point is, is it it could so quickly devolve into a shouting match about I know better than you know, and you should listen to me. And some kid, and, and I feel bad for them, who really wants to strive for this thing and is really working this path, gets outshined by somebody who already has status in the position or is, is growing in status. Because I would be much more likely to listen to somebody like, let's say, Michael, who is fantastic. No, he is fantastic at it, and he's probably right because he's really, really good at the things that he does, and he's very tactically sound. I would listen to him, and I wouldn't listen to the kid. I would ignore him, probably. I, again, assuming this wasn't the nice thing. Maybe I would humor the kid and I would go do the thing. But <laughs> so, anyways, that, that just seems like an interesting concern that I would think may come from this thing. I don't know that it's guaranteed. I'm just hypothesizing. You guys. That's it. So Annette did have her hand up before, yeah. but can I make yes. a quick comment because it's not an actual discussion? But what Jamie is describing, unfortunately, I have done. And I'm really regretting it right now because there have been times in games where, where kids have spoke, newer players have said, well, you should do this. And I'm in that competitive mood and I want to win. And I, you know, just say, oh, 
I convinced the other team that, no, that's probably not the best idea. We should go with this. And now I feel like a dick. Thanks, Jamie. <laughs> well, and it's not even a shot at you because I know for a fact that I've gone, eh, I just, I'm going to go just do what I want to do. Like here later, I'm going to go yep. flank that guy or, or whatever the case is. It's not even being mean. It's just, we're all individuals who have our own thoughts and feelings and want to do our own things. And in the competitive aspect, it's funny that you became an example here. That is not what my intention <laughs> yeah. was. So that's extra funny. I'm pretty sure all of but, us in this yeah. chat could become examples of that. Like straight up, we've done it at but, some point. I've been like, eh, that's not a great idea. Can Hey, Merrick, Annette did have her hand up. I didn't. Yes, I just want to make that you quick had comment. A, you had up and down and up and down. So we've got a comment. Discussions. Go. Sorry about that. I was just trying to find a good point to jump. You were totally. Different. So it's mentioned earlier that you can get. Thank you. It was mentioned you can get fifth order of the Vilio for battlefield prowess. That is currently not actually in the rule book. I just wanted to make that oh, note. Fourth, it's up to. Right levels to field prowess. So there, we do have another set of proposals this year that would, among other things, raise that up to fifth. Yes. Not to go too far down that sidetrack. But just letting you guys know that currently in the rule book does cap out at level three. Right. So and that that is a whole other discussion the the whole uh shifting I mean it's kind of tied to this the, the shifting of requirements of Sword Knight from our standard, which has continually been getting higher because we keep asking, hey, you've got to beat the last Warlord, and then the last Warlord, and the Warlord after that, and the Warlord after that, blah, blah, blah. We've been building a ladder. Are we going to see that same problem with this spell? Or are we Absolutely. setting ourselves up for that problem of like, hey, to be a Paragon, you got to go beat Merrick, but in order for the next guy, you've got to go beat so-and-so, and then the next guy, and the next guy, like, we start asking people to be better than the people before them, and, and, and sometimes it's not fair. And now you've got newbies who love the idea of Paragon and mm -hmm. are no longer excited about it. Right, and that you would have said, so. I can confirm that we did think about... Yeah. I, I think I might be on a bit of a lag, sorry, my internet's being viewed, but I can confirm that we did think about what you brought up as mm -hmm. how do we make this something distinct from just Sword Knight 2.0. There's no point in just writing a second ladder that will only include the same people, right? So, yes, our hope is that by taking the feedback from all of the respondents who definitely wanted to see a path to knighthood, but did not want to see any rigid requirements tied to it, hoping that that will mitigate against that by allowing kingdoms to say, yes, we believe this player is who we want to see. They should have the freedom to do that. But I see Magnus also has a point to make, so I'll pass it to him. Yeah, uh, Teflon was before me, though. All right. I, so, yeah. Well, I wanted to, to actually speak a little bit to what Gus said a while ago. Um, <laughs> about like the no no you're good uh uh the prowess and everything like that it's so i've always been for keeping it under sword um because i actually like the way serpent and flame have multiple paths to the same belt um and i for me personally i like that because everything kind of that is semi-related gets tucked into one uh belt and i think that's really good uh for um people who are uh 
like achievement oriented uh in my opinion anyway and it's possible that even just in this discussion that we need to look at a truly class section a battlefield prowess tactician section and then the tournament night section and that's three different avenues going straight to sword that we've already discussed about here potentially um so i don't know if that's like another step that we may need to look at as well i don't hate it right (laughs) (laughs) so if we're looking at now we're stepping back to a real big topic yeah, no, I think that's just the the problem with like trying to discuss a new belt as- aspect about things too. Yeah, we have to kind of cover what knighthood truly is, and if there is a standard for like, it's really weird and frustrating and interesting when you look at uh, what people have been awarded for X. So like, um, a person runs an an event, it goes well. They come in under budget, they're fine, they get their next order. Great. Next person comes along at the same order, they run an event, it comes in slightly over budget, not everybody was as happy, but it wasn't bad enough that everyone wanted them to not get their next award, they still get their next award. What is the, the standardization saying there is, is this enough for 7 or 8 or 9, or do we have to maintain a certain standard? And because our monarchy changes every six months, we don't have a real hard standard. It's still assisted within the, the award standardization because it gives us a guideline of like, hey, especially for a warrior, but um, for everything else, it's kind of just like, yeah, kind of just got to up the next thing or do something similar. And then we have these really interesting changes between kingdoms, like um, for the Rising Winds for a long time, you had to be part of Keep on the Borderlands to get your Master Rose. It was, it, you just didn't get your, your Flame Knight without being part of Keep on the Borderlands crack team. Like, it just didn't happen. Um, that's a really huge standard and a very limiting standard. We want to make sure we're not running into that same problem down the road, potentially, either with any of the Knight, knight paths. So, if we're looking at a standardization as a whole and how we progress from nothing to night, does the current proposal balance out with a its closest member, which would be the sword? Um, and how does it balance out with other things that are less defined, like flame? Anybody can jump in on that weird topic question I just kind of asked. Did that make sense, or I just babbled for five minutes? Yes, I, I could. I could say something to that. Go, go for it. Uh, so, the difficult part with making this proposal for a knighthood, and I think it's a proposal with almost any knighthood that you look at in our game, is we have twenty-two kingdoms, and a lot of these kingdoms all have very unique and different cultures. And you did touch on it quite a bit. There are some kingdoms where to get a crown knight, you need to wear the big hat, you must have Monarch. And there's other kingdoms where you can get through by being Regent, Champion, PM, and work your way in your crown points up like that and never really hold the office as well. Uh, There are some other kingdoms where to get a Serpent Knighthood, you must win a Dragon Master, where there are others where it's like that person just made a single very excellent like 4.8 to 5.0 scored piece of, you know, art 
fantastic work at it, and they earn their tenth through that. There's others that will require you to uh, go a little bit more outside of your comfort, like outside of your comfort zone, and say, "Hey, we know that this person's really great at doing oil paintings, but we want to see them do something different. Maybe even like change up the medium to charcoal." And that's all based on Kingdom's culture. And it's very hard to try to make something that will fit every king, like that will be the exact cultural fit for a kingdom. So with this proposal, our goal is to give a set of recommendations to the kingdoms to have at their disposal to truly decide how they want to give this order. If there is a kingdom that does not really value paragons or does not want to see paragons as part of this path, then they don't have to include it. It's a recommendation. Mm-hmm. If there's another that doesn't really value and don't want to see people being the battlefield commanders and they do have more of a value toward a paragon path, then it's all in their right to say, hey, we don't really value the, the more tactic route here. You know, I, I'd like to see a kingdom that incorporates all four of them, but since these are all recommendations, that's what this is trying to do. And I think that's a difficulty that we experience with every belt path in our game currently. Um, Even a little bit with Sword, because there are some... Sword is the most well-defined. I would say Sword does have the least problem with this, but there's even some Sword tournaments where, you know, you go to a Kingdom-level tournament and no Warlords show up or no Sword Knights show up, and you win it. Well, was was it a high enough level of difficulty? Did you get your... Did you get your 10th? That's not your fault as the individual who shows up. Oh, that absolutely. Be held against uh, anybody yep. who doesn't. Yep. Yeah. Or sorry, that, and, that, that shouldn't be held against anybody. That's... And, and that's a thing that will happen with some kingdoms, though, is that they'll be like, eh, you know, let's say Lily is at his, at his ninth, and you go to a kingdom tournament. There's no other warlords there. There's, there's still like 22 people at the event, and you smoke every single one of them. You sweep entire categories and you win but mm, you know there wasn't a good showing of warlords the next highest person maybe had a seventh order of the warrior and then they don't give you a 10 that is something that i have heard of happening in other kingdoms already but Culturally, i'm just saying I would that like to think example. that we have people that should be able to recommend you regardless yeah like if, if i've been pushing this along and i've been at least when it comes to sword and i've been fighting and i'm involved and generally that means you're involved in the fighting culture across well, a, a national level, generally, at this yeah, point, yeah. is we just people love to play and travel everywhere. That my peers or the my my uh, batters at tenth and higher or whatever yeah. Points, yeah. is that they'd be able to say, yeah, like this guy is there. This should qualify. It doesn't matter that we didn't show up. So I would almost look at it like a passing of the torch, and them deciding. Well, let's say one of these guys is nationally in the top, you know, three in this game. Well, is it my fault that I'm not in the top three of this game and I couldn't catch that guy? That's not the standard that we're setting for Warlord across, or we shouldn't be setting across. Yeah, we... we... That that shouldn't be what it is. And some kingdoms have this issue. And some people are held back on their awards because, well, they're like, well, but they haven't beaten Peter the Quick. Well, Peter the Quick (laughs) generally has been argued in a multitude of very, very good fighters that he's in the top 10, some people's top five, whatever in the game. So is that fair to say that, well, you didn't beat Peter, so you're not good enough? I think the question I mean, I is- literally had to deal with this exact same thing on my Warlord path because I had to go through Eggman. Eggman was top three yeah. in the game rated. And uh, what we ended up, what I ended up yeah. doing is going through other Warlords. Sure. And, and, and that Eggman should be fine. Out. And, and I agree. King- for these kingdoms that don't have warlords, I mean, come on, this, this is the this is the sword knight problem that needs to be fixed. 
um, as far as I see it, there's kingdoms that don't have many warlords or many fighting warlords, or they don't have um, necessarily any warlords at all. I, I suppose I haven't done the math on that. I haven't seen, or maybe they're not tournamently active, whatever. One or two kingdoms. The, the next guy or next gal or whomever, whatever, that just in generalized uh, term here, that wins this tournament and beats the people that are around them and they are the top of their peers should be awarded their next award like regardless of whatever the level is and if they become the next warlord great there's a new bar and then the next person will beat them and there's a new bar and so on and so forth and then eventually it turns into if this person becomes a monster is in the top five or whatever well you have a pile of people that are different bars at different levels of what would be acceptable for your area and your kingdom it's not a national award it's a, it's your your local kingdom award it should it should be for for that group and you need these people it it's fine that uh a warlord in a new kingdom isn't as good as a warlord in a kingdom somewhere else across the country that's been established for 30 years yeah. and they've had yeah. plenty of time to work like that problem should be fixed already like it is a weird issue it's it's not that complicated an issue in my mind it, it should be pretty easy to take take care of but we all play kind of a different game in different kingdoms it's we're all playing the same game, but it's not really the same game. Depending, I mean, stop shaming other kingdoms for making warlords. Oh, and other, I mean it myself. Stop <laughs> shaming other kingdoms for for handing out awards just because they don't meet the standard of your kingdom. Oh yeah, well, percent. And it may not even be your kingdom's standard. It may or, just be or standard of certain, another kingdom. It might be certain individuals who have yeah. what what they believe is their own personal standard, and, and it's hard to not get sucked into that. We all have a little bias. We all like to look and be like, oh, well, I don't know if that guy's that good. Or or, or maybe like, man, that person's incredibly good, but maybe you disagree. And you're like, oh, I don't know. Because if you have to ask somebody their top 10 in, in, in all of AmpGuard, and it's similar, but always a little different. Because we all have different perspectives on what we think is good or bad. That's yeah. fine. Like, that's okay. But 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 you're right. We, we shouldn't say that, like, if I think Anatole is the best fighter in AmpGuard right now, that you know, it's 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 a standard that we should be holding over in in some other kingdom. Let's say Polaris, since you guys are here. Like that, well, that has nothing to do with you guys. That has nothing to do with you. So, so that's whatever. Good for good for Antel. He's awesome guy. He's a great guy. Right. I love the. Yeah. So I think part of that comes from the way that Warlord was originally written. Like old school, it was hard. Getting Warlord was your your streak. That was it. Get your 21. Yeah, get your 21. Um, Still hard, thank you. That that mentality of, like, Warlord is for the best of the best, I think kind of stuck around in people's heads and culturally came in to Warlord um, when we transitioned it to be just win these tournaments. I'm hoping that because uh, the Court of the Battle and the Battle Knight are not associated with that kind of high-end, you got to be the best of the best of the best, we're going to see less of that initial problem of, well, you've got to beat this person, or you've got to be better than this person, or what, whatever, whatever, whatever. I think the problem that we're going to see the most, and we talked about it, is the higher order uh, tacticians and, and strategists are going to out-voice the lower level ones and we're going to have to push to make sure that there's a culture of, hey, when you get your top, stop running everything. Like, it's kind of almost the same thing as rogues. If you're a master rose, we almost expect you to stop running all the events and just help people run events. And that's, 
it's a little weird trade-off. Um, I don't remember who said it. They were they were talking about getting their belt and their serpent belt specifically. But up until getting their masterhood, everyone asked them, "What's your next project? What are you doing next? What are you doing next?" As soon as that white belt tail hit, they were asked, "Who are you helping?" And it was a completely different transition from what are you individually doing to how are you affecting our game as a whole. And I think we're going to have to be more aware of this because it is it's a large group thing that we're going to be affecting and especially the the last the uh eight nine ten are all about moving 25 35 40 like 40 people on a battlefield that's a lot of people to take on a battlefield to move i mean keep on the borderlands i think our biggest battle games are like 200 v 200 that's a that's a half your fort like two to a third to a half your force it's it's unrealistic it's not actually going to happen uh, where do you yep. get the number of 40 just out of curiosity? I might just be spreading the... Okay. I've gone through just many different things today. Okay. No, we don't. Did you take the numbers we out? Didn't, I, I don't. We got a number. Teflon has had his hand up for a while, by the way. Yes. Teflon, talk. It, it looks like it was uh, the large team thing is 25 on the upper end, just as a note to what we were talking about here. Gotcha. Um, the the other thing is asking people to step away i think is an, also an unfair thing like you're not going to realistically ask a warlord to stop competing in tournaments or something like that as right. well um so you can't really dictate what what fun i have to some degree and that's the same for a flame belt who like loves doing feast and or autocratting or something like that like this is where culturally we have some issues with how we judge these upper echelon awards um with people coming into the game versus the veterans right yes and I think everybody coming, I mean, everybody on the crown, sword, yeah, crown, sword, and, and flame path really understand that the, the serpent, well, I guess the serpent also as well, but like, in the ones that there's a limited number of things you can actually get it for, like, flame is most handed out for uh, running an event, crown is handed out for being in office, those are limited amounts per year. There is only two times a year a monarch is chosen. There's only so many events planned in a in a reign. There's only so much time to do X things. And battle gaming, I think, has a less of a problem with it, especially because the availability for duchy level parks to have that higher level award system, and we're not just relying on kingdom uh, battle games. But I think we're going to see some of the similar problem of the people that do start getting those 8, 9, 10s are going to, I don't want to say they have to step away, but in order to let other people come through, we're going to have to talk and create a culture about letting people have the opportunity to express and not just shutting everyone else down. I mean, if you have a, a flame knight that's really good at running feasts, do you always give it to them, or do you give it to the kids? Yes, I don't want food poisoning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> raw chicken sucks, bro. Like, okay, okay. we'll we'll go off. Here. How about gate? You have like gate. Mama Jet has run gate at keep several years. She's a bang up job. Do you give it to Mama Jet every single time, or do you give it to uh, a? Uh, it depends. Am I the autocrat? Yes. I want my event to work so I can get my awards. If I'm doing it for an award level thing, I want the best award, the best people working, the best positions. I'm 
I'm not really interested in giving it to the fifth level guy who doesn't know what they're doing and then thousands of dollars go to and has never proved themselves. Right. Okay. Now, now that I would put that person in the position and hopefully they would then to learn pull people in to teach them. Okay. Right. Yep. And then as they've proven themselves, it's here's that seal of approval. I mean, there's there's always a process you have to go through to do any of these things. I don't just get to do keep on the borderlands because <laughs> why not? Like you know, like it just it just doesn't really doesn't really work that way. You gotta this is why this is why we have these awards and we have these stepping stones. I wouldn't put the fifth the fifth level guy in the position of the the highest level thing that we're doing. And right. I hope that it will. especially if I am also trying to get my own awards, but. That's neither. That's not really here or there. This is about this, this battle night thing. Uh, I really don't like the name. I, it's it's hard. I I don't know why I don't like it. It's just it's it's interesting. I I can't quite. It figure was it the out. one voted on the most. I, uh, well, I'll leave my comment that. at that. I I wish it was Squirrel Night or something. I would I would love it. Night of the Squirrel. It would be fantastic. I I would vote for that a million times over. It'd make me smile. I'd laugh every single time. But but really no. Uh, Merrick, I get what you're trying to say. You're you're a good person with a good heart, and I think you you think on a positive sense that people will do this this the right thing. Yeah, I'm people not are kind of terrible, dude. <laughs> like they people well, want to get their they want to get their awards, they want to succeed, they want to they want to be the hero, you know. And it's so hard then, to yeah, building off of what off of what Sunshine was just talking about, and Merrick. Um, that's also going to apply to Paragons. You only have so many uh, events to award Paragons. Yeah. It's an upper, it's an echelon award. Now you've got an echelon award that requires earning what three echelon awards? Because you can talk about you know all that first little bracket. That is, I guarantee you, culturally, it's not going to be relevant. They're going to look at the easiest way of judging someone, which is going to be the Paragon, um, which is why I've always been adamant against it. Um, but now you've got this thing of oh, we require not just one, but three echelon awards to get this other echelon award. It's the warlord problem. Oh, you have to beat so-and-so, but not once. You have to beat him four times. It's wrong, in my opinion. Okay, so I saw Magnus' hand up first. <laughs> uh, uh, and that can go first, but I'm going to share spicy takes after this, I think. So. <laughs> uh, all right, so... Like, so again, the... it's not... So, again, it's not a requirement. It's a recommendation, and kingdoms are free to kingdoms are free to come up with something that's not on our recommended list and just be like, "Hey, you are so great at battle games that even if you don't really check any of these recommended boxes, we're still giving you this ability." And they can do that because we wrote it as recommendations. I'm not trying to argue with you here. I'm just trying to point out that. It's not a requirement. We are not requiring three paragons. Somebody could get this with zero paragons or one paragon. Sorry, Magnus, what were you going to say? No, I think Augustus has a rebuttal, and I want to wait to see what yeah. this one is. I, I, I so, do as well. That the same thing is about Warlord. Gus, my apologies. And look at look at the culture. It, it is true. There's this recommended, and no one steps outside the recommendation to the point where it's become so toxic. That so many people have issues. It's not with it. recommended. The recommendation I'm sorry, that's in I there. Need to cut you off. Yeah, it's, it's. But that's the thing is, not, people are going to look. It's a requirement. Yeah, but people are going to look at, look at your requirement for that award, and they're going to see this long, you know, the long that you described or paragon. Culturally, people are going to shift to the easiest to justify 
which is going to be the Paragon. Yes, we may see some given out for that, but culturally, that's what's going to probably happen. Well, especially at the start. The start, yeah. we're, well, it'll be a little wild, you know, a little wild west at first as we settle into what it's going to be. And in five years, maybe less, as these awards get given out, we'll fall into whatever is cultural and what isn't looked at as, um, I, I, can, I can just give somebody a warlord if I'm king. I can just do yep. it. I can just be like, you're a warlord. Congratulations. It's time to be a sword knight. And I, I have that power already. But culturally, but we don't it would use be suicide. It. It would be suicide for my amp guard career. I mean, okay, maybe that's insensitive. It would be very, very rough for me to advance in other aspects of this game because there are little blacklists of people that have done crazy shit that don't generally continue to grow in the game anymore. Right? Like it's just it's not cool and it's negative and it's it's the toxic part of the inner workings of what we do, but Oh gosh, it will just get so wild when you. Uh, I, I I agree with Gus mostly. It's going to come down to like list of things they could have done this. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it doesn't go Paragon. Maybe Paragon is looked down as like that. No, Paragon is fucking terrible. All these Paragons suck. Yeah, yeah. But they're they're doing this thing. This other list of stuff. That's what we're looking for. We we don't look for Paragon. Paragons. Yeah. You never know. Or or whatever it is, it could ship. I just I, culturally, I think what'll happen, or at least our concern, is what will happen is that we will fall somewhere and that's what it'll be. And it, it has the chance to become very toxic. And that's what we're trying to avoid now is, is trying to have a more positive and open yes. cultural. Yeah. Idea okay. Yeah. So I think this is a good time to address concerns. Um, if all of you have your slideshows open, say like a teacher here, uh, please go to slide 11. <laughs> um, what slideshow? <laughs> uh, so if you look in the discord, channel ours is a classroom if you go to the YouTube classroom channel uh there's a classroom under ans called the classroom it's a text text-based one if you want to follow uh, up with that otherwise the I is there no supporting data one yes it's called night of battle supporting information final yes okay hold on where the heck do i find so, so america <laughs> while, while people are, are finding what that. they're finding here I am getting messages from the peanut gallery that they have things that they want to chime in on and the video is running kind of long and, and they want to be able to also be heard. Um, so since I'm getting messages now, I figured I would let you know that I'm getting messages that people have comments and they want to be heard. On oh, this. yeah, I, I can. While people are opening up the slideshows, let's let's um, swap right. over to if that. That's what you want to do. We, however, you want to do this. No, this, is, this is a good point for that because uh, we're at an hour and a half for this. So um, if you have a comment. I don't know how to moderate this efficiently. Um, I guess Wild just, West, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> You're the one in charge of this. You get to make the rules, so however right. you want. So let's do it this way. This is the simplest way I can think to do it, because unfortunately Discord does not like I have a hand-raised system like Zoom does, but I'm not paying for Zoom. Um, uh, if you have a comment you'd like to make, please just comment your name in the comments, and then I will call on you, we'll discuss, and then keep moving on. I think that's the best way to do it. Uh, but yeah. So if you have a comment, please comment, and then we'll we'll get to discussing it. And you guys should be able to unmute yourself. I don't think it's set up currently that you guys are perma muted. Um, I know you can't show video because I had that set up correctly. But this, the slide shows the data, the information, all this stuff is like what we need for amp card in the future because. AmpGuard, 
through from from the beginning has all been kind of just opinion based up until we actually started collecting data and using it and thanks for that yeah uh actually taking <laughs> all of the background data in the in the orc that megiddo uh, just didn't want to put in the front line uh the chat says they can't see a comment section it should be hashtag the classroom uh it'll be above it's a little it's weird it's laid out a little weird so I, I can just call on this person sure go for that is it dizzy it is it is it is dizzy. <laughs> hey D hey dizzy hey, hey yo dizzy dizzy you're unmuted so you should be able to talk i'll, uh, I'll message him you are i think he's muted. trying to but it's not muted. coming through dog is is mike his actual physical mic might be muted because i didn't hear me oh yeah. there he yep, is there you go. Yeah. all right thanks <laughs> Yeah, man. There's, so there's just like so much to unpack that you guys have went over. Um, yes, um, the award recommendation for the fifth belt path is just that, right? It's a suggestion. As many people have pointed out, suggestions go right out the window and we figure out what is the requirement and we build off of that. Same thing with Sword Knight Warlord right now. Um, as Death Lily mentioned early on, Anybody, any monarch can get in the seat and be like, hey, person A, brand new day, you are now a warlord. Congratulations. You're a sword knight next. Done. Um, now, you don't have to necessarily get knighted in that order. Some kingdoms make it so you can't get knighted unless your circle approves it. Um, my kingdom, which I'm currently the monarch of, I could literally go out to every member of my populace and give every one of them any belt that I wanted to right now. So much fun, the power. I could use a crown belt. That sounds good. Thanks, bud. <laughs> yeah, You're right. Called for that already. Uh, Stop it. I'm not. I got boned. I'm at like eight. Oh. I should have been at seven or, or qualified, and I got put at eight. Yeah. And, and so that's kind of to your point too, right? Because crowns came along. Crowns mm -hmm. were something that were, hey, convert this and do as best as you can to convert it to give people stuff. So with uh, Death Lily, the way he should have been converted and qualified for crown right away. There were several people in our kingdom that didn't get that. There were several people in other kingdoms that didn't get it. Um, the problem with suggestions, it always comes down to who's in power and who is perceived to be, be in power. Um, one of the things that was brought up earlier was about ditching and how that kind of took a back burner and we went to one-on-ones. I distinctly remember living through that phase in time in Texas where it went from, hey, we're going to ditch until three, four in the morning, drink some beers, get up and ditch again all day long. And, you know, we're going to battle game when we battle game, whatever, we're going to ditch to, oh, well, I'm going to fight you on the corner one-on-one, -on -one, and then it devolved into one-on-ones, and then tournaments, right? Mm -hmm. And that's how the culture decline went. So you had hostility, but you had people that dealt with the toxicity of, hey, are you better than me or not better than me on the ditch field? That's where we sorted it out, right? And then it went to tournaments, okay? There's a couple of kingdoms right now I know where one kingdom, they're not making new sword knights at all because the reigning sword knights don't show up or the warlords don't show up. The other kingdom, they had people that were winning tournaments, but because their warlords were purposely setting out, 
to make this next person not be able to get it was putting a blocker. So I, it makes me wonder, and I would love to see the name, by the way, change to Night of the Fray, because that means battle. That would be so much cooler. Whatever. I love it. So many things. So many things. I love Tom. it. Talk to your monarchs. Yes. Night of the Fray. That's a great name. Um, so thanks. much better. Um, Order so, of the Fray. Yeah, Order of the Fray. Yeah. Night of the Fray. You know, just go through it, right? It's already with battle. Um, and the last topic, and I, I'll jump right off of this, is if we wanted to give alternate paths back to Sword, we could start with Prowess and we could start with Griffin. Because if you have Masterhood Honor, if in the history of Amp Guard, all the way back to the very beginning, I believe the number of Griffin Knights is four total. Beginning to end, four. Prowless, I think we're at six total. That number may be high by two. And getting those additional people um, alternate paths, I think, would do very much for inclusivity. But I am not against this fifth order. I just think it's going to become very toxic within the first reign and just devolve from there. Okay, so, Annette, you also did... Dad, and I think this is the topic you're about to write, you're, you're about to talk on. The you did a bunch of research on warrior, and um, holy crap! Please, please do more data research. I really like that's the best part of the gathering. The crown's entire meeting was the data. Um, your proposal for warrior moves towards a lot less toxicity, and allows for more. Um, uh, individuality between kingdoms. You want to talk on that a little bit? And the other opinion you had just now? So just quickly to Dizzy's point, so thank you for that point about Griffins and about Battlefield Prowess. And I think Charlie might have also been about to make the same point that yep. we did have survey questions relating to... Yeah, we asked a survey question, what would you like to happen to Griffin? The responses were divided between new path, sword path, and don't change it. And the largest slice of the pie was don't change it. It was so, a majority, even. Like it, had, they, uh... it wasn't. It wasn't overwhelming, but we did ask. And yeah. since there wasn't big support for putting in Griffin, we didn't write a proposal. But I, but I really wanted to say is you have until June 30th to get your monarch to bring a proposal. So if you're passionate about something that we didn't write, you can absolutely sit down, write it up, get the group together, get a monarch to bring what you want to see to GOTC this year. Just because we didn't do it doesn't mean nobody can do it. True. Yep. Bring it to crowns. Quick, quick about values. Yes. Quickly about values. We do have some proposals on those. I would say they are nearly small changes for the most part. They still require, it would still be a tournament based ladder. Battlefield prowess would only go from capping at field to capping at five. So we do not see support for extending field prowess all the way up to 
a masterhood. On the other hand, we didn't ask about do you want an entirely new path, we just asked for the existing battle. I know this isn't about Elders of Familiar, but I would say we have some fairly small-scale changes to that ladder, in my perception. It's, uh, correct me if I'm wrong on this, it's allowing kingdoms to identify what a kingdom tournament is, which is a huge factor. Um, it's like a small change, but it means a lot. Um, moving... Moving the kingdom win requirement up one, and then moving the uh, battlefield prowess up one. I believe that's the entire proposal, basically. Correct? Yeah, that, that's pretty close. Yes, that's close. We, we have some alternate options on kingdom wins. So we have an option to move it up one, and then if that passes, we also have an option where they can consider moving it up two. In no case would we be cutting out the tournaments entirely. There would still be a minimum of two wins required. Mm -hmm. Instead of the and there was battlefield the prowess, and then there was yes. Yeah. I think. Sorry, are you done? I don't. Want, I don't want to cut you off because I know you have a little. Okay, Max, are you raising your hand? Yeah. So uh, I wanted to go over the concerns that have been brought up, kind of during this conversation. So one of the concerns that I'm hearing a lot is toxicity or the worry that the game will become more toxic. Uh, so on that presentation, if we go to slide 11, you can look at all the player concerns. Uh, out of all of the concerns that we have, uh, difficult to judge who would be earning of it, had more people that would agree with that. But if we look at something like the how fun a battle game would be for a casual player or teamwork being devalued or knighthood being too easy to obtain or fifth knighthood will be too difficult to obtain all of these are scoring very much into the disagree to strongly disagree category now i'm not saying that your opinions of thinking it will be toxic is wrong i'm just saying that that does fall into the minority opinions of what we have gotten from our surveys and all our respondees uh, to go on with this as well, uh, this is me speaking. I'm, I'm going to put on my knight hat now, take off my my uh, award standardization hat. As a knight, if you're looking for somebody for knighthood, you you can't be that toxic asshole and beat your way to the top and then have everybody like you and give you that belt. The reason for that is you... You need to show your knightly qualities to be a knight. You need to be that pillar of knowledge. You need to be that approachable person that a new person would want to go to. And if you run, like if you make carve your path, your potential path to knighthood by stepping on the skulls of your enemies every time and in a very toxic way, I should say, of being that brutish, uh, uncommunicative, um, you know, very argumentative and uh, abrasive personality i should say you're, you're not going to have what qualities i think a circle of knights would be looking for so you're almost damning yourself if you try to go about it that way and we as a culture of amp guard altogether in our individual kingdoms need to do our very best even today to make sure that toxicity in the game does does not happen 
Um, so that that's kind of my feelings on the first one as one as a knight, and then you know also as somebody on the committee that we have data that shows that people do not believe that this would be an issue. Um, I do have more, but I I do want to have a <laughs> I'll be hitting the other concerns. I don't want to go on a huge eight minute rant. Uh, Teflon, you I saw Teflon racist hand. Yeah, well I I think that the general consensus is especially from the data from here if you look at who we have on the call um as two warlords who directly deal with the toxicity problem uh yeah is potentially the bias that we have with it and it's a different perspective that is from a minority perspective right so yeah, i think I agree that's that. a possibility that what we're seeing here as well so i've got a question for the warlords was it more toxic between six and eight or between eight and ten? Like, do you see more toxicity between people that are in those range, the higher ranges or the, the like higher to mid? Higher. The higher ones? So, the. Uh, go go I first. Was, I, I, mine, mine's probably long. <laughs> I was going to say that I would say it's the higher range, um, mostly because it was. People saying, "Oh, you're you're you're, at ten, you're you know I'm at nine, ten, or whatever. Oh, you're not good enough yet. Go win some more. You know, go beat so and so. Oh, why haven't you beat Egg yet? Or why haven't you done this? And then I'm and then the response is, well, I beat Tato. I beat this person. I beat this person. But it's still that that there's still that toxicity higher up. I never really had an issue when I was you know six to eight. It was like, okay, cool. He's up and coming. We'll keep his eye on him. Our eye on him. That's about it. Okay." Uh, so I want to preface anything with every fighter's journey is always a little different because yes. I didn't yes. have to fight Eggman, right? For example, that's not somebody that I, as you, someone whose name, I didn't have to fight Tato either. Those, those are just two names that came up from Gus that are, you know, a part of his journey. Yeah. My, my journey involved, uh, Dizzy, Diego, Drachnar, uh, Weasel, Margol, Thadagrin, and a pile of guys like this. Um, and that, uh, well, I guess technically Adam came to one of the tournaments, uh, Atog came to one of the tournaments as well. But whatever, th these are these are all dudes, that's like 10 warlords that I had to fight through, uh, some of them multitudes of tournaments. Um, and it's a different journey. Where toxicity really came out in this, in my opinion, wasn't from uh, it, it basically had so it probably started at seven warriors okay mm -hmm. and it wasn't necessarily from the people around me because generally the expectation and i had heard this expectation when i was still in polaris that like oh man well you're gonna get it you're so good at fighting and it's hilarious because i was much less good at fighting uh, then but whatever the point is is that it was the the expectations that now started to to weigh on me as an individual of the people around me expecting you to do this thing that's very challenging and so then what that ends up turning into is the com competition and the competitive nature of what this is starts to weigh on at least me the individual and the toxicity part came from myself i was the toxic player by a large margin i do not like tournament me very much very much at all that guy wants to win that guy doesn't really care about the new kid's feelings. That guy doesn't really give a shit about anyone's fucking feelings. I'll, 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 let's, let's turn that on a little bit here. Mm -hmm. 
I am there to I am there to be the best. I am there to take every category. I will build a bridge of the bodies of my friends to get to that tournament, to win that tournament, as the man once said. Now, I don't like that. I did not like that me. But that was the constant struggle from seven to ten. And I had to do it through a multitudes of, of dudes that are very good with high expectations because a lot of them are my friends and they expect me to do and perform at a certain level. And heaven forbid I lose to somebody they don't think is good enough because now it turns into this part of toxicity that I guess can come from them. But this is an after the fact that I got there. This isn't the, on the journey. This is now after this is after I got the belt. It's like, well, how did you lose to that guy? They're terrible or something of that nature. Okay. That's not verbatim necessarily, but it, it becomes this like, well, shit, anybody can win. Anyone can die. Everybody believes. Like, so being competitive is an interesting monster when you take this very seriously and when you care about this thing so very deeply. And I, I very much, and again, I, I said this would be kind of long, so I'm sorry in advance. Your passion. <laughs> I, I would encourage people to maybe never get better. Find a spot that you like and you're comfortable with and live there because oh boy is it fun when everybody's challenging when every fight is epic when every battle with your friends is always cool they at least still want to play with you getting better is not always a good thing so anyways that's that's enough of me on my soapbox about what this is but i would say that that's the difference is that toxicity came more from myself as the individual and that was really really challenging okay to get past that yeah seven seven really starts to kick it in eight you know, you start figuring out, okay, well, are you beating people that are showing up at tournaments, things of that nature, nine, 10. And then like Death Lily says, you, there's a reason why there are not a lot of warlords or a lot of sword knights in different mindsets. And because you have to become somebody else when you're in those tournaments, you have to win. Like you, you don't care about anybody else's fun. You have two chances every reign to show that you are the guy to beat or the girl to beat or whoever it is. You are the person. And whenever you finally do get there, you think, oh, great, I have a ribbon. Well, now, great, you can't lose. If you lose, oh, well, <laughs> well, why'd you lose this way? Why'd you lose that way? I myself, I hate tournaments. I'm not a tournament fighter. They bring out the absolute worst than every person I've ever met, ever. You could take a super nice guy, get him in a tournament, and they are just nasty people. Bitching is what I love. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the toxicity never goes away when you get that white silver strap. It's there for life. Okay. So, so guys, you've got your hand up. Yeah, I just wanted to – I was actually going to um, – I actually agree with that and Dizzy um, about the tournament thing. But I also love tournaments. It's my jam. Um, but I would actually be curious. As, latest. You you talk about yeah. Oh no, I just the competitive whew, gets me. Um, but I'd actually be curious to hear from a serpent's perspective, and especially in the areas where you were that you guys are describing that are a little more toxic, to see if their responses are similar to what we've just described, and then overlay that, and now you're creating another competitive way. There's going to be toxicity if if the com other competitive ways have toxicity. It's going to happen. It's it's inevitable. Um, it's how yes, we manage but, it and how we set our standards. 
Yeah. It's always worse for the fighters, man. Like we're yeah, the mean, people that are judged every time we do anything when it comes to fighting and fighting is like one of the most popular things of the thing that we do. Right. So if I have a bad fighting day, just goofing around or sparring, it turns into this. Well, I got the better of death bully. I am the greatest. And it's like, I can't even go goof around anymore. <laughs> I got <laughs> so formal fucking time. That's it's, it's exhausting. Very toxic. I mean, so we've got, um, Annette, do you have a Paragon hood? I know you have a Lord title. Okay. So, I want to compare that to the Paragon struggle because my experience was not toxic, but it was a lot of my own um, positivity coming through. Like, I was very competitive during certain battle games, and I just shut up during other battle games. Um, what was all your guys' kind of feel on that? We'll start with Teflon on this one. Um, the Warlords just described the, the real high-level competitive toxicity. Did you experience any of that with Paragon Hood, uh, Teflon? Um, at the time, and we were actually kind of working on driving the bar a little lower, um, we did basically require more or less a, a tactician aspect to it to get there, um, being a, a constant threat on the kingdom field and everything. Um, but it's really interesting because it's the opposite thing that happened with warlords. The moment that you got the Paragon hood, you, most of us left to um, service right afterwards. So it was like stamp. All right, you're done. Get out of the way. Um, which has left kind of a problem in the sense of like, who's still good on the field kind of problem. Right. Um, so it's a, almost an opposite problem. Um, than than the warlords have experienced. So there's definitely like there's a lot of not quite there yet, but there was no real uh what you need to go further kind of aspect to it because it's not a quantifiable position. Mm -hmm. Um so I think that's what we're gonna run into here to here. And I, this is why I actually like the final proposal pretty well, because all of these things are recommendations. Now I don't disagree that again, Paragon will be the thing that gets looked at quick uh, as the quick and dirty, here's the stamp, and this is probably what the culture diverges to. But I think that becomes um something we have to look at our monarchy when electing them and things like that as well, to uh, think that that's that might be like a point of contention when you're you're choosing your vote. You know, so okay, so Lily and Augustus have both gotten uh, Paragon hoods and Warlords. Um, you don't have a Paragon hood yet? Nope. Oh, that's BS. No. Um, <laughs> that's, what? I mean, it's, it's so easy though. You you have you have a good stick skill. You just go fight the martial classes I, and win. I've been working on it for a long time. Never never got it so far. Your buddy's got to recommend you. That's that's the thing. It's very unusual. Okay. okay, so before we jump to, uh, okay, so this this gives us an interesting opportunity. Okay, so Magnus is, are you seven warrior? I'm seven warrior. Uh, two paragons. Two paragons, and you have a flame belt. Yeah. Um, I know Polaris's flame belt is really not toxic. We have some weird 
like no. background toxicity that's mostly like hey i critiqued that event i didn't like it very much but that's more of just keeping a standard than it is toxicity y'all standards pretty high based on like traveling and stuff yeah, that's true we really like our events to be amazing um for your no. two paragons did you experience similar toxicity to what the world so for i'm a paragon warrior and a paragon assassin uh for paragon warrior I would say zero toxicity. I kind of fell into it just by having fun being a big dude in a suit of armor. Um, Lily's the one that actually gave me my Paragon hood for Warrior. And it was mainly, I think the final thing I did was I led an armor column through at Keep on the Borderlands to help yeah, seal, a, seal a W. Yeah. Which so. I orchestrated <laughs> that I don't have. <laughs> so it was a good time it was like I, I mean that one i fell into i was like oh yeah i did it cool uh assassin was one uh i started out playing assassin for fun and i realized how amazingly fun assassin is um and i was like for my second paragon i want to make it a little bit more hard on myself and i decided to go bow assassin specifically bow assassin like get get good at shooting bow and arrow do all that um and even then i would say i didn't feel like there is some toxicity there is only one moment where i thought it was a little eh, and they were like hey your garb is not up to standard for being an assassin you're a really great assassin but your garb that you wear um i mean I'd, in forest i'd wear ghillie suits and my my thought of if you're an assassin that's not in the war war area is like do you want to dress up like a standard everyday person to blend with crowds like that's how i figured assassin like mm -hmm. Not like wearing a hood and mask and hood ninja in the night kind of thing. Um, so then, you know, I was, I was a little bit kind of like, really? But this is how I want to portray it. But I understood it was my everyday garb. So I made, I hired out some people to uh, create the best, like, not even B level, but like C level rendition of another Paragon Assassin's garb. <laughs> and I wore that. It's, uh, I was pretending to be that assassin, like, you know, like, this is my disguise kind of thing. And that that's what finally, like, got that last little bit pushed over. And I would say that was a very minimally toxic experience from one to two paragons, even. Mm -hmm. It took a longer time, but, I mean, I did that to myself. And I expect my third one is going to be even harder because I'm planning to get a paragon healer as my next big goal. And that's going to be with zero resurrects. That's that's my goal. Zero res healer wow. to get okay. Paragon. Just to go full offense and see how it goes. Okay. I'll see how long I pursue that, but we'll see. Uh, necro. Necro's the way to go. Yeah, you go Necro and steal oh. life, so you have unlimited steal life, and you just <laughs> you just crowd control and abandon people. And so I know in the healer one they said it was a meme spec, but you know what? I'll I'll see if the meme spec can do well. You, you never works, know. But, yeah. So I mean. The path to that hasn't seemed very toxic. The path to getting up to my seventh warrior so far has not seemed terribly toxic. I mean, there have been some... I've seen some people get upset in Polaris tournaments. I mean, there there will be people that get upset. Um, I think when I get upset at tournaments, I usually just walk away and, like, cool off a bit. Um, there's only one tournament. This was years ago where I felt that that somebody shrugged my shots pretty hard, and I just drove off from the tournament altogether. Like, I did the classic, like, yeah, I'm taking my ball and going home because I'm really mad right now. And, like, I drove from Amro to, uh, back to Little Shoot, because I was living there at the time. Right. And, uh... So, uh, 
Okay, so but even that hasn't felt too toxic yet. But I'm at well, seven. Like as you said, eight, nine, ten. This is where where it all happens. It starts getting. It starts getting. Okay, so um, Augustus, you've been working, or Gus, you've been working towards a paragon in. I'm guessing a couple different classes because I've seen you play a handful, and you are you are tactically intelligent. You know what to do. You know your abilities. You're you're good at the stuff. Um, His B seven bard game was nuts. <laughs> <laughs> V7 bar. Can I have Mimic? I'm just kidding. Don't give me Mimic. I will terrify no. things. <laughs> Part of me wants it, but I don't. It's, I know how bad and, and disgusting that was. Oh. Augustus Legends in V7. It was terrible. <laughs> so, I, I'm glad we never go back to that. Okay. So your your path towards Paragonhood, have you felt toxicity on that anywhere near the level of the world? Uh, yeah, I mean, because I brought it up with people, and every time the response is you don't portray the you don't portray the class mm -hmm. and you know i've i've brought different garb for it you know i I've, I've done stuff like that and then i get the same response so i'm just like whatever then mm -hmm. if if it's if if that's not good enough i'm still gonna have fun dominating the field playing this class like yeah it's it doesn't bother me but if you tie it into a bell hook into a knighthood now i'm I'm going to be like, okay, I'm going to go do it. I'm going to keep dominating the field. I'm going to try it even harder, which means I'm going to dominate the field more and going to, you know, try and be that tactical person and not let others, you know, and maybe step over people and not too much. Hopefully I'm, I don't know. I may be a better person and a better night. Um, but yeah, that's everything has just been, you know, you, you don't portray the class. You don't role play. Can I you ask do what this. class you're going for? Just so curious. Uh, Paladin, like, healer, a couple others. Okay, because like, and like I get responses all the time of, "Oh man, when you play this class, it's it's deadly." Or they'll be like, "Oh, you remember that one game you did this?" Like I get all of that stuff, but it just yeah, because like a I lot of is... our our rules of play for Paragon does show that you're just you not just I'm not gonna say just, but it's like it does say that it's a word to a player for consistently being an example, an excellent example of the order in full class battle games. A player should look like roleplay and be highly effective at playing yep. their order. And if you're dominating the battlefield over and over and over, and you're bringing garb to the field over and over, like to, to show that you are playing this class, like it isn't just Augustus is, I mean, Gus is wearing his, standard tunic puts on a, a blue sash and says i'm a bard now but if you bring like like if you bring out like even like things that feel like an instrument like you have a like maybe like a lute or a recorder yeah. probably something I mean, classic doing... in case it breaks but you know what i mean like if you're bringing yeah. stuff out like that like i mean this kind of goes into like paragon chats in general like I, uh... if you're going above and beyond to show that you look the part and if you're also getting the look the part bonus for your class well then yeah, I mean, I was like, like what I can think of at the top of my head is assassin. When I was doing that, I had uh, a hood, and then it like was like a half cape, um, and then I had two satchels across both shoulders. Uh, each one contained like thirty different throwing weapons, and then garb pants that contained twenty something throwing weapons, and then I had like two swords on my belt, but I never picked them up. And I just would do that role play and just chuck throwies at people, and I would get looked apart and everything, but. So I this sounds told. like a culture issue, and in my and that's, in my opinion, like a as a player, it, it sounds like it could be a culture yeah. thing, and that's and that that is something that will. I mean, that's something that's going to have to be 
addressed as if we yeah. look at Paragon as the quick, dirty answer. Um, Paragon is already almost not standardized across kingdoms. Like Polaris, for example, we really want you to be like the best on the battlefield, but we don't care about your garb nearly as much. Like I got a Paragon bard by just making a hood. Like that's what I yeah. added to my regular garb. And then I was like, I'm going to support you. And people gave me a Paragon. Um, I, I didn't really embody bard. The only thing I did weird was just rap during some of the chants. And that was about it. Like, our standards are very, very different across different levels. So yep. if we make a belt about it, we might have to be more standardized. Okay, so I want to get to this final question, then Teflon, I want you to, to get your thought off. Um, Lily, you have Warlord and four Paragons? Is that what it is? Archer, Assassin, Barbarian, Warrior? Yeah. Did you feel any toxicity that was similar to the Warlord path on those paths for Paragons? Frankly, the paragons are easy. <laughs> By like, 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 super easy. I'm gonna get a fifth one, no problem. Uh, and whatever class, it does doesn't matter. Um, and that's a little confident or cocky or whatever. The, the point is, is like at a certain point, once you understand all of the little things that go into making what people it's, look, it's not a very stressful thing to do if you don't make it very stressful. It's fun. You jump in the game. You dress up. You goof around. Um, as I talked about in some of the Paragon classes, I mean, I would dress up as a rice farmer and I would chop down little trees and I'd carry around little bushels of things and sweep the woods. And I had a picnic in the middle of a battle game and I go questing in the middle of battle games. And I just, it, it's just about your creativity. And if you're real creative, great. Um, I have the the fortunate, uh, or not the fortune, I don't know, the fortune or the, uh, I had the time put into the martial side of things to get very good at the fighty part and because i'm good at the fighty part the martial paragons are are pretty easy it's easy to shine in any fighting class because i'm good at fighting mm -hmm. and and so but anyways no there's no pressure to perform and be, be like well when are you get your next paragon or are you why aren't you a paragon at least not from my perspective it was always about this other thing that was the high focus uh, and real quick interjection. Uh, yeah, it is uh, a recommendation as well in this specific uh, proposal, in our final proposal, to have, if if you are going a route of Paragons, uh, one of the many routes that can be mixed and matched, um, that a caster class should... Sure, my, my archer should be a druid. But, like, it just, it just is yeah, what it no, is. Like, I, I got... That was... I had shot relentlessly through 7-7, seven, seven, like my first year and a half, that was all I did because I was terrible at fighting. And I found that Druid was a better bow class in 7-7. Seven, seven, I like you're a Lily with the squid hat, if I remember correctly. Squid hat. Um, it, it just was, it was a better class for how I played Archer. And since I played Archer yeah, highly yeah. inside the, the lines of fighting, I like the crowd control. And then, of course, Archer now in V8 has its own crowd control, so it's just doing what I was doing with Druid, because Druid did it better at the time. Mm -hmm. And then I got my Paragon in Archer. Which, <laughs> I mean, like, whatever. It was shooting a bow, shooting a bow, shooting a bow. Oh, Wizard or wizard or Druid or whatever. Easy. I, I, can go, I can go play all of the things of how Druid is played, and I can also go play Avatar of Nature and then just ruin whatever with martial prowess. Well, then like, it sounds like you're qualified. I don't... I, it's, it's no problem. I, I'm not concerned about a new bellhood. Do it. I'll have it. Like, I'll, I'll get it super fast. I'm, it's no problem. I'm not, not concerned at all. But 
then again, I don't also, I don't think crown is very hard. I don't think flame is very hard. I don't think serpent is all that hard. I, I mean, serpent's harder because I'm less good at that, but I would just apply myself real hard and eventually would probably do it. Mm -hmm. so, uh, but then so, again, I'm, that's how I look at things. So. Right. So what we've seen so far is that the level of toxicity in the warlord path has definitely been exponentially more than the paragon path of the west. Um, sure, because paragon doesn't equal anything. It's just, it's bragging rights. I'm good at battle games, yay. Right. Um, but this is all coming from people that have been in the game five plus years. Uh, I'm interested in seeing what Paragon means to newer players, and if we can think back to that a little bit, I know that I looked at Paragon as like a few steps below Knighthood when it's really not, like when I didn't fully understand the, the whole pecking order of, of our game, I thought Paragon was almost like the battle game knight, just a little less. You didn't get to wear a white belt, but you got to be real fancy with the silver trip. That's what I remember thinking as a, as a new player. And now I think about it as just like a, did you, did you hit the boxes? Did you, did you do well in the battle games? Are you efficient with your stuff? Did you put in some time and be good at it? Great. Continue on your way and get a Paragon. I'm wondering what... And then I'm, I'm going somewhere with this. Stick with me. If we're seeing that the result of really forcing a path on Warlord has done, would it be almost better to make the Knight of the Battle even more open-ended? Like, we still have some guidelines, but be even more open-ended to allow for the same kind of freedom and less toxicity that we see in the other battlefields. And I want Annette to answer this first, because this is your proposal through data. I want your opinion on it, not based on the data, actually. I'll, so I'll do my best, and like with the caveat that you said, a personal opinion not based on the data, I personally say that the type of definition we have for the service of builds or the crafting of builds framework we should adopt for all of the ladders did find that respondents did want a structured level by level list, so that's what we wrote, but this should also feel free to jump in. If I had just been sitting down to write this with no data, definitely would have gone with first example for Masterhood, here's your new battle. Magnus, do you want to jump in with your opinion? Yeah, I, I'll jump in a little bit opinion, and then I, I will go a little bit data, because this does lead into one of the almost concerned things I heard as well, so I want to make sure I get that. So, uh, my opinion on it is that I feel the proposal is rather open-ended, mm -hmm. as it is already, like as it's written right now. Uh, there's four relatively distinct ways. I'd say technically three, because I feel uh, individual performance uh, within a battle, you're probably going to pick up a paragon or two along the way with individual performance. Uh, whereas you have that, you have battle gaming tournaments specifically at, at more of the higher level for kingdom level ones. You have the the leadership of commanding and like being that tactical person of like this group of people goes here, this one goes here, this one goes here. And then there is the Paragon path as well. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I say these all as paths, but they can actually be 
mixed and matched. You could have one paragon and be an extremely brilliant tactician and get your masterhood that way. You could just be that really, really great tactician who, you know, you bounce around classes and you fill whatever role is needed for your team to be successful. So you never really have a, a paragon because you're always bouncing around. But because of that, you've shown that you have great tactical skills and you have really good battlefield prowess as well, or at least acceptable enough to be able to survive to keep commanding orders so Gus doesn't come around and kill you in the first 30 <laughs> seconds. Uh, if you're showing that, that also can lead to this masterhood path. And I know that a lot of this is saying, hey, default to Paragon, default to Paragon, we'll default to Paragon, and that's a worry. But I think we've shown here that a lot of people have this worry. And if that is a worry, I mean, it, it's not a worry in our data. I'm saying a lot of people in this chat that we're having have this worry. Um, if that is a worry, though, all of us as individuals are responsible for adding to the culture of our kingdom and to the culture of AmpGuard as a whole. And I believe that if this is is a worry that people will have, or if we see something like that that would be happening, that we would be able to switch that path. I don't even think it's going to be a thing that will come up because there are so many people that are saying this could happen in this chat. So I mean, I preface it again, in this chat, we have people saying that will happen. But if we found that the majority of amp guarders were like, hey, it's going to default to Paragon, well, then you know that if a lot of people are thinking that way, that it will do that, then you also have a lot of people that will put up a resistance or an opposition to it if you do get that monarch who does start doing it that way or a COK that starts doing it that way. And it does come to fostering our culture, what we as amp guarders and what we as like amp guarders in our kingdoms want to see. Mm -hmm. And that's what I really see in this. And that's why I think that it is still relatively open-ended. Uh, there are a set of recommendations and I feel that it's, it's rather solid the way it is. Okay, so Teflon, you had a point earlier that you wanted to point out. Do you, do, is it still relevant or did we cover it? No, it got covered. <laughs> okay, okay. So this is our last question over the written questions and, and I've been working kind of circle. <laughs> Sorry. I've been working around it. Okay. Um, and it's, it's a real hard question because we still don't have a good answer for it at the moment. If we know that toxicity is most likely to occur uh, because of the high level of competitiveness that is going to be created, how do we keep it off the battlefield? Or how do we limit it to specific battlefields so that we maintain our populace? Because our battle games draw most people. Um, how do we maintain our populace and maintain our numbers on the field? Uh, I know this is kind of a, like, how do we answer a question that doesn't yet have an answer? But I'd like opinions and just how we might be able to, do, to, to fight this. And I want to start with the Warlords because they have the experience with the, the real competitive toxicity. So, Gus, Magnus, you want to go first? Uh, 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 uh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, the only, I mean, how, how are we fighting the toxicity in the Warlord communi community? Communication. Mm -hmm. Communication and, and trying, and trying the, oh, Annette is disagreeing with me on that. Um, at least that's how I'm trying to fight it is to communicate, um, you know, and get people talking about fighting in terms of, um, their differences mm -hmm. in terms of 
the fact that the there is also toxicity from the top down on you know who's good enough. I, I try to communicate and just stand up for the people that whenever I hear it. Um, but it's it's difficult to fight toxicity in a very very hyper competitive setting. Mm-hmm. Um, and if there's a better way, I am more than willing to use my platform as a warlord and a sword knight to to help and to fight for it. But I haven't found one yet beyond just trying to talk and communicate. Lily? So we are all human to some degree. I'm sure there's people who feel otherwise. It could be a space alien and that's okay. That'd be super cool. But we are going to fail and we are going to treat each other poorly. I would like to think that consistently that's the toxicity thing isn't generally always this raging issue of every second of every minute of every time that we do things. If it was, we, we wouldn't play this thing. We wouldn't have so much fun. I mean, 90% of my time I'm uh, fighting somebody and I'm making all my friends on the field. Like I'm a terribly awkward and just regu- a regular conversation, but I do very well when it comes to being involved with hitting them with the phone thing. So it's not all, it's not all toxic. It's not all negative, right? Like I can, I can pretend and say like, oh, not pretend, but I can say it's all been very, very challenging. Sure, it has its challenges, but I think the simplest stuff that um, I have been doing that would say, I guess, combats toxicity to some degree is genuine. Ah, can't speak. Uh, Generally, being fairly positive. Again, human, I fail, but doing my best to generally be mostly positive and encouraging i give so many people a relentless and endless amount of my time uh, at amp guard out of amp guard the amount of um and and charlie i am aware that you had asked questions and that i haven't gotten back to you but to be honest i didn't get back to ty either so like you know i'm <laughs> doing a great job um but i tend to spend a lot of time doing video review with people that ask. I was opening my house during COVID to people who wanted to come and fight and wanted a safe space to do this where they wouldn't be ridiculed or crucified for wanting to continue their passion. And we did so in a safe format, but I'm also not going to lie to you because I'm a realist here and they can come to my house and I don't care. I'm not worried about it. And I've spent time with many, many people working and practicing and giving them extra time and doing that on the side. And doing it at events. And I, a long time ago, after seeing so many of my amp guard heroes get approached by so many people asking for time and effort and all of this, and then being just worn out, going to events and not having time to do anything that they really want to do because they're relentlessly bombarded by individuals who want to learn and are doing the same thing and want to improve. I've, I've seen them be tired. I've seen them have to say no. And I had said that I never want to have to tell somebody no. And I break myself to try to do this. So again, relentless amounts of effort, time, and positivity towards these people and trying to continue to push the thing that I love so very, very much in this game. That I think helps. And I think that anyone that is in that position, it doesn't have to be a warlord. It doesn't have to be a sword knight. It can be anyone at any level. If they're passionate and they love this, they should be able to push it forward with anybody. You don't have to always listen, but there's always good advice that can be found probably somewhere. I've seen some crazy stuff out of some of these kids. Uh, and sometimes there's a, there's a gem hidden in, in the nonsense that, that new players come up with, and it's very, very cool. 
and I don't I don't say nonsense with a negative connotation. I just don't have a better word for it at the moment. Um, lastly, the thing that I think is greatly improving for the battle game aspect of things are knowledgeable Reeves who are not shy about being engaged with the individuals and making calls to help streamline so that there isn't arguments amongst players. Again, we're human and I expect people to get heated. People take battle games competitively, just like the tournaments, just like the ditching, just like anything that we get involved in. Those individuals are the peacekeepers on the field and we need more of them. We need many, many more of them. And I think that will also help. That's the stuff that I, I see and the stuff that the part of the world that we're in that I'm involved in mostly, and that, that would be my long answer. So communication and uh, I mean, just generally helping people sounds like the, the, two, the two things the Warlords have come up with. So off of that, Teflon, what are, what are some things that you have done um, to reduce toxicity or things that you think would work to reduce toxicity, especially in a battle game fashion? Um, Reeves is definitely the big answer um, to some degree so that you can stop any arguments. Um, as a player, like if you see a, a argument or something going on because of competitive nature, then if you are comfortable with it, you can jump in and be like, yo, this is it. We'll deal with it after the, the, the game. If you don't have a reeve or something like that. Right. Um, but you almost have to use your status at that point to do it. It's going to be very difficult for just a day one newbie to be like, Hey, uh, or not day one, but like, let's say like a four month guy who totally understands the rules. Cause he's smart or something like that. Right. And it's like, Hey, it's this, don't worry about it. Or something like that. Isn't going to get as far as, on the winner's edge field as I, maybe I would or something because people think that I, I know the rules really, really well. Um, as far as like just general toxicity kind of aspect is trying to have positive spin to things is about the best that you can realistically do, I think, as a person. Um, like we're all going to have arguments. We're going to have disagreements and things like that. So I don't really see it. I don't know. Like me personally, I don't see some of the toxicity that people refer to as so much toxicity is just disagreements and, and things like that. So like, it's harder for me to, to talk mm -hmm. on, I guess, personally. But it is. So I think those disagreements, how they're handled either leads to a positive outcome or toxicity. Mm -hmm. um, sure. I know from personal experience, there's been some people on our fields, uh, on my local fields that have uh, been considered toxic because they get frustrated when things go a different way than they expected, or they thought that a call was, that their call was correct and the other person wasn't, the other person wasn't willing to discuss with them, they just shut them down, and they got mad, and they stormed off the field, and they were called toxic. And I think in reality, this is a, that is just a breakdown of communication. We're, we're not talking about what the actual problem is, we're letting emotions and, and anger and frustration get in the way, and we're causing a larger problem than really needs to be there because fundamentally we should just be able to be like, well, this is what I saw. This is what I saw. Okay, our two stories don't match up. The ruling should be somewhere in the middle. Move on. If you've got a Reeve, they'll make that call and continue on the way. But you need Reeves there to do that. Without the Reeves, you're up to two people having an argument and doing it safely and correctly, which ne never happens. Magnus, you got your hand up. Yeah, so... When you said about somebody 
like getting angry and storming off the field. Um, I I know this the term like storming off the field might you know put it in more of a negative light, but that person's actually following rule number one of safety in our rule book. If you're getting angry or upset, remove yourself from the field, take a break, and come back when you feel ready to play. Right. Um, and that's a and I, that is toxic. So I, I'm not be. sure if people have, have seen that as, like, I'm not sure how much people do see that as toxic. Because I, I will say, I mean, I know Gus, Lily, yourself have all played with me on a kingdom level. You have very likely seen a game where I have gotten mad. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take a break going over here. And then like I had one at keep, I think it was keep 2019 where I got upset and, you know, I went back to the Reeve that made the call and I was like, Hey, I want like, I'm like, Hey, I'm just walking off the field. I'm done. Done. I walked off. I I did come back after the game and I informed the Reeve like, Hey, sorry. I, I got heated. I removed myself. There's no hard feelings here. I was being dumb. And, you know, I think some of it does come down to, when you realize that you yourself, like if you were to continue that you would be a toxic person. Like, I think that's what it really comes down to. Um, Now being able to recognize that is a skill that, that can be learned. And it's, it's a hard skill to develop. I mean, early on in my amp guard career, very early on in my amp guard career. And I was like, still, in my like late teens, and I'd even argue sometimes in my early twenties, like I, I had some anger issues. <laughs> like I'll be completely honest with that. And you know, I I did my best to work my way out of it and get better at that. Um, but in terms of answering toxicity in general in battle games and how it would relate to this belt, um, I feel that I, I said a little bit before that you're still looking for knightly qualities in people. And since these are looser, like I would say that these are more subjective than objective lines for how you get each award. Uh, it doesn't state that once you get your third paragon, you you get your, your knighthood. Mm-hmm. It doesn't state that. It doesn't state that you, you get that. It would state that you're eligible for it. But if you're not meeting those standards, if you're not meeting the like the attitude that your circle of knights wants to see, then you're not going to get it. And you, you're damning yourself by being a toxic player to get your way to the top. And I think that that knowledge should be enough to hopefully uh, skirt people away from getting into that kind of attitude. Because if that attitude becomes a personality that's not what people are looking for in a night. Mm-hmm. So and if that's your goal, that's, that's all I see with it. Yeah. It's, it's, if your goal is to become a knight, don't be a dick basically. Yeah, um, pretty much. Because being a dick doesn't get you friends. It also doesn't let you show off knightly qualities that are uh, asked for in our game, but not yeah. required necessarily. Um, I'd, yeah, so I'd even argue player. Paragon. But... Oh, sorry. Yeah, I was actually going to... I want to circle back to Annette. Uh, she made a face when I was talking about it, and I, I want to follow up with her on that and see what sh- her thoughts on it were. Yeah, I was about to ask, what are what are your opinions or, or takes on how to reduce toxicity? Because I know you're fighting for um, uh, Warrior. Yeah. 
So I should probably start by apologizing. I had a moment where I forgot that I was on video camera <laughs> and like I was reacting to what Augustus said. So that was not directed specifically at you, Augustus. And <laughs> um, so I have four elders of the value, and I would say that fighting is my primary interest in the game. Mm -hmm. I don't know whether I can identify myself as being on the sword path just because I know I'm still at a low level on that ladder, but I'm definitely working on fighting and doing my best to support other people. How as toxicity goes, I think it's helpful. So I want to acknowledge that both Augustus and Sunshine were talking about all of the work you guys put in, trying to be helpful, trying to bring up other people. So I'm saying that I think the path is toxic. I'm not saying that every individual sealed knight or railroad is a bad person. Mm -hmm. I think there's a common, personally, my opinion is that it's structurally designed pain for foundational issues. Even being as nice as possible isn't going to fix that. Our community is invested in the way things are right now. Sorry. <laughs> The community is invested in how things are right now. If you've read any of the discussions on data, like we, we've tried to come up with a very centrist, very data-driven proposal. We've made some quite modest changes and we're still meeting quite a level of resistance in the community around that. Mm. So if I think the number one thing, if if we want to make any part of the game, if you want to improve any part of the game, I think we need more openness to change and more openness to to feedback and less less resistance to anyone who tries to raise some kind of issue. I, I think we've seen tonight that we all have different perspectives on the battle game knighthood, which is not a thing that exists yet. Mm -hmm. We have these different perspectives because of our different experiences, not because any of us have failed to own a knighthood that doesn't yet exist. Yes. So I hope we can take that over into other parts of the game and consider that there can be valid feedback. Yes. From people who haven't owned something. We can it's okay to change things. Right. And that's my soapbox. Thank you. You're good. You know, the, it's a great soapbox because changes Changes need to happen to evolve with the times, to evolve with the populace, to the, the opinions, and the way we want the game to go. Um, and and part of the main focus of this this podcast was to explore those options, those opinions, things like that. I think we did a pretty good job on that. So we're coming up close on uh, 9 o'clock here, um, Central Time, uh, which has been, it's been like two and a half hours or so of recording time. So, are there any final comments anybody has? Otherwise, we'll we'll wrap it up. Maggie's got his hand up. Yeah. Uh. So this will be like kind of final closing statement to to all this. Uh. First one, definitely still. I'll, I'll throw it out there. Talk to your monarchy about this. Get involved. Get everything out there. Uh. 
you're the people that can help change the game and make it, you know, make your voice heard. Make sure that it gets out there. Um, it, it's a huge thing. Um, uh, I did want to touch one last thing on the toxicity part as well, since that does seem to be, you know, an ob like a concern. Uh, and Paragon. And the one interesting thing about Paragon as well is that in the definition, it does also state that a Paragon should be the one that's taking the lead, teaching new players how to play their order and getting them, you know, helping them get the necessary equipment. And you're, you've got to work yourself up to be that pillar of knowledge. You have to work yourself up to be a person that's approachable. And once again, if you if your route to do that is by being that toxic player on the battlefield, I don't even know how many people are going to say, yes, go to this person for advice. Probably like, eh, he's, he's really good on the battlefield, but man, is he abrasive as all hell. And when you're doing that, you're taking away one of the necessary requirements to becoming a paragon. You might even be shooting yourself in the foot before you, you reach an order that would make you eligible with paragonhood. And I think that's something to really you know, take into consideration here. And that leads into the closing statement I have of we're all responsible for our cultures. Mm -hmm. Like Ampgard as a whole, all 22 of our kingdoms. Um, and we have to do our best to foster that. Uh, I That's why this proposal has so many, well, four, but still a, a variety of ways to get to it because every kingdom values everything differently. And a lot of people would be like, oh, Paragon's a pain point for me, or I don't really like that class battle game tournaments are a pain point because we've seen how we we've seen how competitive and heated jugging can get. Now let's take that and put it on a class battle gaming level, and have people doing. Uh, I'll use Phoenix League as an example because it's the one big uh, class battle gaming thing I know out here. There might be some kingdoms that go, no, we actually feel that that gets too competitive, too heated. It's not good for a kingdom, and they just don't do them, and that's that's acceptable. Um, so keep working on making your cultures like. Let's keep working on improving our culture as Ampgard as a whole and as our kingdoms. And I could see this fitting in very well with all of our kingdoms. So that's what I have to say. Mm -hmm. Any other closing remarks from our, our panelists? We're all pretty good. We've got our, we got our hey. words out. Not related to this. <laughs> <laughs> There will be there will be many more discussions on topics things like that. Um, all right, if that's uh, what we've got, are there any audience questions, real quick? Otherwise, we're going to close this up. Uh, I'll hang around in the chat after uh, a minute, but I'll, I'll, I'm open to continue talking for a little bit longer. But I think this is a, a good spot. We had a, a pretty progressive discussion on the potentials of the battle game night, what it's coming up with, um, and. I think we all we all did a a great job doing a moderated, happy discussion. Um, thank you all for our panelists to to come out and uh, let's let's keep this discussion going um, off the chat. All right, let's call it Night of the Fray. Night of the Fray. Yes. Night of the Fray. <laughs> <laughs> that's my, that's my last yeah. comment. Night of the Fray is awesome. <laughs> it sounds great. I gotta say. Yeah, that's really exciting. Are you still going, Merrick? Sorry if I if no, you're I good. You're made totally that. Good. Uh, do we have any audience questions? Uh, not so much a question. Just saying uh, thanks for putting this together. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I think you're in Polaris, right? I'm terrible with anybody that's not in the CK. Um, it's a big kingdom. Ooh. Yeah. 
It's just huge. Um, not as big as Rising Winds, but... <laughs> That's true. Um, all seriousness, though, all the stuff, I, I watch pretty much all the streams that I can. You're doing a fantastic job. Um, whoever your monarchy is, let Death Lily know. He can let me know. Put some recommendations out for you. He's um, actually in this chat. He's, right, he's, he's literally right below you in the list. <laughs> well, all right. Give this man the next order of some things and toss him some more stuff. And I'll get all the right awards and stuff. Because I'm also a, a terrible person whenever it comes to playing Apgard. Because for 90% of my career, it was I showed up, I fought, and I left. Right. So getting into <laughs> battle gaming and making friends at Apgard was never one of my deals. But I was always there since like '97, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, so thanks again for putting it on. It's uh, real good. And uh, night of the fray. Tell your friend. All right. So, Merrick, uh, first order of the media personality was listed ah! in the classroom. Can can this be my continuation <laughs> of Paragon Bard? I just started continuing to talk more and more. I'll get I'll bump <laughs> Paragon Bard 2.0. Um, uh, so talk to your monarchs. Uh, research the proposals and uh, learn about them and then you know I you don't have to I'll be honest the uh, the last gathering crown stream was 12 hours long um, but I'd recommend watching parts of it and uh, I want to just thank lightning for all of the data driven information gathering she's been doing this is it makes a million jobs so much easier to find out data and know what we're looking at, how we're going to get better at our things, and what we're what are actually our problems, instead of like I think this is the problem, this is actually the problem. So thank you very much for all that work that you do. Um, with that, absolutely think... a team effort. Oh yeah, you're very welcome. Thank you. Um, the rest of the the awards committee team for the uh, standardization and everything, great job. Keep doing that. We need it. And uh, I think uh, this is a great spot for pre-recorded Merit to roll us out. This has been another episode of The Paragon Path. If you liked what you heard or saw, please drop us a like and follow on YouTube or Spotify or Google Music or anywhere else that you can find us. We have a Facebook page on The Path that lets you know when we're recording, what you can join into, and what to expect next. We record these episodes live every other weekend on the Kingdom of Polaris Discord. Link is in the comments. If you'd like to learn more, please subscribe, comment, or just drop us a line. As always, happy to see you on the field. See you next time.